0: <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander. pod Podcla- Class. Pod-cl... <sighs> what are we?
1: pod Podcla- Icono. It sounds like Icono. Okay. We- okay, okay. So, okay, pod
2: okay, okay. Iconocast.
1: The right. yeah, The pon- Icono... podcast. There's po- got I I can't make this work. There yeah, has to be work. a
2: podcast called the Iconocast, right? That exists. Yeah, okay,
1: Iconocast works
2: better than
0: Podcast. Yeah, podcast
1: is bad. Podcast.
2: Yeah. Podcast is
0: bad. It's bad. Icono Iconocast that nope. works
1: better. Oh, nope. Podcast exists. Somebody, somebody, beat us to it.
2: <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Look, man, of you got to churn those names out fast. You know, seriously, see what, what see what takes.
1: Oh Hang on. man, let's just. Do our due diligence? Yep. No. Iconocast also. Well, apparently there's like three or four of those.
2: Oh my gosh! Okay. Wow. Well. I can't wait until they all sue each other.
0: Uh, who owns Iconoclast.com? Who who got it? Who got uh, in there? Let's see. What is okay? What is an iconoclast? What is that a, word?
1: Firebrand.
0: Okay. A. Okay. Someone who's
1: outspoken? Sort of, yes. Someone okay. Someone who goes against the grain, perhaps.
0: That's us. Look at us. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Here are my Blazing, thoughts on Overwatch. Blazing new real thought leaders over here.
0: hmm You're listening to the Next Lender podcast. Uh, a uh, a podcast use... for thought leaders. <laughs> That's right. Actually,
1: this is the secondary definition. This is my favorite now. A destroyer of images used in religious worship. That's me.
2: That's uh, No graven I... images. Oh, you see, <laughs> that's now the title of this episode. <laughs> some good vibrations just came out of that. Yeah.
0: Speaking of good vibrations, I hope everybody's doing well out there. I'm excited for uh, the, the stuff for this week. We're going to talk about Overwatch 2. We're going to talk about Grounded. We're going to talk a little maybe, bit. Maybe,
1: about- maybe you're going to talk about Overwatch 2. <laughs>
0: I'm going to talk about the one screen I've primarily seen in Overwatch 2. We're going to talk a little bit about the finals and some other stuff, and we're going to get to the news before we do that. Let me tell you a little thing about the watch class, the watch cast. Uh, we've got uh, our John Carpenter Horror Month going on currently. It is kicked we just, off. We, uh, If you haven't
2: watched the thing, A, go watch the thing, and then B, you should go listen to the and watch cast. And that's not cast. you're just saying, go watch the thing. You're saying, go watch the thing, 1982, the film. Go watch John Carpenter. We the say thing. the thing in that yeah. podcast roughly 7,000 times, and only yes. maybe... 20% of that is actually referencing the title of the film.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. And again, the watch cast is where we talk about our thoughts on the movie after mm-hmm. we've watched it. It is not a watch We're thought along. Leaders. So thought leaders. We mm-hmm. tear down images and we, we replace them with images from our own mm-hmm. uh, mental uh, faculties. That's right. And then, and then we uh, watched then, Prince of uh, Darkness.
1: Uh, yes. Yes, we did.
0: <laughs> Speaking of imagery, images that's a and imagery.
1: Movie. Yeah, that's also a movie that's, by John Carpenter. Is... Uh, That is a major motion picture one could consume.
2: Oh, it's major. All right. Uh, It's yeah, it's in motion.
1: Yeah, there are pictures.
2: Ah, Uh, That movie was fun. It's a it's a real (laughs) weird one, but I I feel like in an enjoyable way.
1: I am very glad I watched that movie.
2: Same here. You can uh, how often
1: I will go back to it. But, you know.
2: (laughs) You can check all that out on the
0: WatchCast. Again, uh, information over on the Patreon and the Discord. You can check all the information and schedules out there.
1: Real fast, important WatchCast addendum. (gasps) There is a Blu-ray copy of Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula on the hold shelf at the public library with my name on it.
2: Oh, boy. Well, I hope you're ready for December, Dracula for December, then, because we are definitely doing night. Dracula in December.
1: I'm gonna watch it every night until then.
2: Dracula in December is a fun theme. Let's get f- it's a Dracula to Remembula. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worst thing I've ever
1: said. <laughs> my, my, I don't even know how to sp- well, I'm trying to type that into this podcast title field, and it's, I don't know. I don't
2: know why I thought of December to remember the fucking, was it's that, like a, a Honda, car, Happy yeah, Honda it's a days car, type thing.
0: It's a car. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's get the to the business. <laughs> you know what? Before we get to the business, let me tell you about some other things that are terrible. Okay. One other thing uh, that was terrible. Uh-huh. Uh, something that's been bothering me this entire day is that there has been a brisket. Cooking in the oven all day. It smells delicious. Uh huh. And I'm not going to be around to eat it later tonight.
1: Where is the justice? It's because you'll be feasting on (sighs) social interaction and camaraderie.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be leaving probably right around the time the thing is getting served out uh, for some delicious Yom Kippur dinner. I'm gonna be heading on a, a subway to go out to visit some uh, Bomb friends. They're doing some streaming today. Uh, I'm gonna go swing by and say hi to folks and
2: meet some folks for the first time. Some folks I I've think, never met in person. I think that's worth missing a brisket, though. I I do I do feel <sighs> your pain. Brisket's real good. I don't
1: know, man. I don't know oh. man. Nothing against all assembled, <laughs> uh huh, but. Come on!
0: It smells. So, the whole house is filled with this smell. My stomach has just been growling this entire time, and I oh, maybe I'll just be able to sneak some. The house is I, alive you
2: know. with the smell of brisket. I'm with brisket, brisket. And um,
1: I haven't eaten anything today except for some weird matcha jelly thing that is making me extremely jittery and kind of making me want to throw up right now. I just Ooh. wish I had some brisket instead.
0: Everybody wishes they had some, br- I assume. Well, except for br- vegetarians, but yes. Yeah, they probably don't want a brisket, but yeah. um, but they probably would understand my brisket pain. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys was uh, I got, I think Alex, you and I have very similar TVs that LG we have the something same TV. something. Do
2: we have the same year as yours, 2017? Okay. The only difference between your TV and my TV is that yeah. I had the screen replaced on mine at one point. Okay.
1: Because the B there was the-, the C What's
2: that? I've got the speakers.
0: I don't know. Is that B or C? Mm, I can't don't know. remember. Uh, mine has TV speakers in it. Okay. Uh, I uh, so I got that thing in 2017. Mark stop the stopwatch. I have opened up the TV. I have taken oh? the back off of the TV. Oh, man. Uh, what happened? Uh, oh, so, I, that's fun. So I think my Bluetooth module that is in it, because this is a TV... Uh, my Bluetooth and Wi-Fi module was giving me problems. It, the the arrow on that pointy remote, the magic remote, the little arrow thing, stopped working, really. Hmm. And uh, I t- tried to replace the remote. That didn't work. And then uh, it was having some other issues. It was really chugging. I figured some overheating issues, cleaned out the dust. That didn't do it. So finally, I said, "Let me pop this thing open and get inside." And I took it off the wall and popped it open and vacuumed it all out and played around with the <laughs> Bluetooth touched module. Some stuff. Yeah, touched it, took it out, looked at it, uh, blew on it some more like a Nintendo cartridge, and then put it back in. And it seems to be working fine now. So hmm. the other thing that was happening was when I'd go to the t- I have it hardwired, but when I'd go to the TV, it and I'd look at the Wi-Fi, it just would say nothing, right. not even like searching for connections or anything like that it's just like the module was not working
2: i i have uh, found i've heard that the wi-fi modules on those things can be a little hinky okay like yeah, I, so, you're not the first person eBay. i've heard of the them having a wi-fi module or bluetooth module fail on those tvs
1: check ebay see if there are any total market replacements floating around
0: i bet there are so i that was where i was going to go next if i put it together and it didn't work after kind of unplugging and plugging it back in I, again i don't really know what i did aside from clean up maybe some residual dust in there clean out all the ports and give it time to cool i don't know cool down but it wasn't like it just it wasn't like i was using it for a long time and it stopped working it just hadn't been working uh, mm-hmm. but it seems to be working now and i got to see the inside of that thing and i have to say it's not so bad it's not so bad
1: actually you might be able to buy a new module straight from lg Sweet. Right to repair. That's right. New module. I, man, taking apart AV equipment feels like some next level tinkering.
0: This thing's not like, so bad. That like, module comes out. It, it is in a little plastic holder. It's got a ribbon cable. You could just pop that thing out and pop it yeah. back in probably in two minutes.
1: Yeah. I also have taken my plasma TV apart for Ooh, see that's a reason. The plasma uh, TV is a little I also, scary. Also have taken my AV receiver completely apart and put it back <laughs> together for also other reasons. Did it solve the problems? Uh no. Well, long story. Uh I got it repaired somewhere. I got the screen was bad on it. And I got that repaired and then part of it came back broken.
0: The T V or the receiver? The receiver. Okay. Like the front
1: oh. panel. The front panel was not in good shape. Oh let's say. it was when you went when it when went it came out. Back.
0: Oh. Yeah. Oh boy.
1: So I actually had to order a whole new front panel from Sony, which is how I know, Hey, you could probably just order some AV replacement parts from your manufacturer. That's nice. When you can and order the parts, had to take it apart and put the whole new front panel on.
0: Is it better now? Yeah. Oh, see, like one of the better feelings of saving something, yeah. making something nice again, t-
1: TV and receiver have both been going strong for a decade.
0: See the plasma TV, I'd be a little worried opening up just because of the way the, the amount of, um, electricity flowing to make the plasma work is mm-hmm. probably pretty intense in there. Yes. I assume there are big capacitors in there Yeah, uh, that you don't want to touch. Yes. Don't want to touch.
2: Yeah. You're all, all this stuff just terrifies me. The things you're talking about. Like I got that screen replaced and you know, it was part of the LG deal where they were replacing the screens on those because they all had burn in issues. That thing's all screen. Yeah, it's all screen, pretty much. And so they just sent a person over, and it took 15 minutes. They put the screen on, and then I never saw them again. And that is exactly okay. the way I want these kinds of things to go. So when you say they replaced the screen, did they just give you a new TV? No, they kept the base, because the base is where a lot of the, the electronics junk is. Oh, okay. So they okay. just pulled the screen off and then replaced it. and then, And since I got this new screen... Despite having left the screen on roughly the exact same things that I used to leave it on before, no burn-in. Yeah. So I think nice. whatever new mo- like whatever revision yeah. they did after the one I got made it so that was less of an issue.
0: I don't think I've had that with mine, but I've kept an
2: eye on it because, like you and two other people I know, have had that screen. Mine posted. had mine like a dead pixel too. Mine had like the bright square in the middle that just seemed mm. like the like the brightness setting had been turned up by like several notches <sighs> compared to the rest of the panel. Okay. And that looked weird anytime there was a solid color on screen. And it never went away. No, it was like once that started it just never went away. Mm. No amount mm. of screen refreshing was ever going to fix that. But mm. again, LG was Fair. just straight up giving free replacements to anyone who reported that issue for a while.
1: Oh hey, I didn't know Samsung was making OLEDs now.
2: Ooh. I think pretty much every major manufacturing is, is doing some version of an OLED now.
1: Yeah, well the thing is LG was actually making all those panels for the first several years. Right. Mm. Even even other manufacturers were still using LG panels, and I think Samsung was avoiding that. So maybe they're making I think they might be making their own panels finally.
0: Is OLED are we is OLED still the, the train to get on
2: for new yeah. TVs or is there yes. something else?
1: Yes. Okay. Well microLED is better, but it's also taking forever to get to market in any kind of affordable fashion. What okay. is Q
2: L E D? What are those?
1: That, I believe, is primarily a marketing term. Okay.
2: Mm. Because I see Uh, those around, and they seem to go for only slightly less than the regular OLEDs.
1: Like, regular LED TVs are just LCDs with an LED backlight. Right. And I'm guessing the Q probably stands for quantum there, if I had to guess. Oh, a quantum LED. I believe that is exactly the case, yes. Because
2: I have, like, a regular lg led in this office and i can definitely see the difference in picture quality between that and the oled
1: okay that is exactly what that is it is just a it's just an led tv which is technically actually just an lcd tv okay (laughs) with uh, like quantum quantum dot stuff quantum
2: dot stuff Yes. That's that's
0: in that's from Prince of Darkness. I learned mm-hmm. all about that. That's you gotta be careful with that. That's where the evil lives.
2: Yeah, no, the evil is there's a jar full of TV plasma down in this basement, and <laughs> uh you know don't let that shit out. The ancient evil lives between the pixels. Mm-hmm. Just gotta be careful
0: there. All
1: right, oh, should we get show Okay, okay. no you can. Tell LG has a hundred and thirty-six inch micro LED TV out. It's only three hundred thousand dollars.
2: Oh, okay. I'll well, uh, keep that. That's my the TV, Mister Burns has. <laughs> uh, this is the largest well, tv in the western world three hundred thousand dollars
1: yeah it's 136 inches to be fair i mean that's but a large tv that's a, that's a no big one TV. needs that i wonder if you can buy regular size micro LED tvs yet. you're
2: basically buying a theater screen uh, that's a wall that's a wall i mean it's not a big theater house. screen but it's still <laughs> a theater
0: screen uh listen if I had the means... No, I would If I had
2: $300,000, I might spend that that's on something with, else. No, yeah, I'd
0: get something else. Yeah. I'd get something else. Um, Plastic transformer toys. There you go. Should we get into the games? Sure. Let's do it. Let's start with... Can we get uh, into the
2: games even?
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. Should we attempt to Swish. get into the games? Overwatch 2 has released in some form. It, there uh, it is, is an
2: executable out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to jump in real fast, detail my entire Overwatch 2 experience, and then you may proceed. Please Yeah, do. go for it. My entire experience of Overwatch 2 so far has been staring at server queues, mm-hmm. getting to of several hundred people, getting to the front of the queue, yeah. getting various server error messages, and then immediately getting bounced back to the end of the queue again. Yep. With one exception which is that I finally got in at one point uh-huh. and the game immediately said you're in <laughs> now just restart the game client to complete the account merge process. Was that on the PC? Uh, that was on PS five. I think That's we're so all playing were. on PS five. So I, I, also, I downloaded it, it on PC, but haven't launched that version yet. But anyway, because PS four is what I played the most overwatch one on. And I just figured yeah. like, just to be safe, maybe my progress would come over there most easily. Anyway, I restarted the game client as instructed, Yes. Right back into the server queue hell. So I've never actually played Overwatch 2. Please continue.
2: So the only reason I was able to get in last night is because Vinny managed to slide in there somehow and he invited me and that (laughs) somehow... Yeah. Like, I still had to wait in the queue, but once the queue ended, it somehow managed to slide me under the door into the game.
1: So that straight up your friend got into the club and then, like, yeah. snuck you in yeah. the back entrance? Totally. It's like the
0: rope in Poltergeist. It just came through the TV, and you just grabbed the rope and, and went in, and it pulled, pulled you yep. in. It's, you just uh, snuck me in to see Barton Fink. I got... <laughs> uh, so, I, I had mixed results mm-hmm. uh first i was able to very easily get into the merge thing that went through pretty easily where i got the like hey go sign up your hook up your ps5 account or your playstation account to your pc here's your code that went through pretty seamlessly then after that i spent about an hour and a half just like refreshing queues. it would hit the queue It'd say zero people i didn't get the number i got zero people ahead of you It would go, and then it would say error connecting to the game servers, and then it would boot me back out and be like, try again, try again. So I did that for a while, and then eventually I did get in, and once I was in the game, everything seemed to be there. My purchases seemed to be there. It seemed to track my uh, play history. Yeah. Uh, I I also played a lot on PS4. To To be clear, that was all from one? That was all from one, yeah. So it seemed to have my skins, it seemed to have most of everything, and then I played a, a decent amount of matches, and then Alex, I saw you on and sent you that
2: invite, and it seemed like you were able to come in. And then we played we yeah. played over like, two. I don't know, like eight matches or something last night, yeah. and so I'll say I didn't get a chance to see if any of that stuff worked, because you immediately dropped us into the the quick match queue, which is fine. I, don't, yeah. I don't, wasn't really that worried about my skins or anything, like I'm going to have to go look that up at some point to see if that stuff worked. I lost my Blizzard login at some mm. point because I, I, okay, the rule is you should never, ever use your work email for signing up for stuff, and oh. I, I, I generally agree with that, uh, but when you work in video games and your work email is kind of the thing that ties you to a lot of your product that you are working on, maybe you're a little lax with that, so I now that I no longer have a giant bomb email address, I've not been able to get into my... Battle.net account, but at the same time, when I logged in to the game, it seemed to have my Battle.net info already there. Like, That's I never like, had to sign in.
1: Always because I did plan, almost all
2: my playing on PS4.
1: Always plan for the worst case scenario.
2: Yeah. It's true.
1: Always it's true. tell yourself, all of this could go away at it's any true. moment. Well, so how I, can I, How can I protect myself?
2: I was very adamant about going and changing my email address on all my accounts. I just forgot about Battle.net it's, because leaving <laughs> Giant Bomb was in that exact window where I kind of stopped playing all Blizzard games. Yeah, they don't release enough frequency of games. Is no. tough. I it could, it could, like, my Hearthstone addiction has been over for some time. Mm-hmm. I had stopped playing. I spent about three sweaty months of the fr- early pandemic playing a lot of Overwatch, and then I never picked it up again. So, so we
0: we I played a bunch of solo matches. I went into the quick. Q, there's a uh, I don't know much. Alex, maybe you know mm-hmm. more than I do about where Overwatch One left off. I mean, for people who don't, for folks who don't know, Overwatch Two just replaces Overwatch One. It's Overwatch One is gone, so Overwatch Two that thing, that is, shit is dead. It's dead. It literally just everything just gets replaced with Overwatch Two now.
2: Yeah. Uh, so y- like when no I one. went into the PlayStation Store to download Overwatch Two before the client had actually hit the servers it downloaded Overwatch 1. (laughs) What? And then when I downloaded Overwatch 1, I booted it up and said, this game don't work no more. Get that Overwatch
1: 2. You know, I I didn't download it until it had already launched, but even, I forget what it was, but I saw something on the store that very much made it seem like they might have just updated the same product listing. Yeah, I think they did. To become Overwatch 2 instead of making a new one.
0: I think they did. And that to me is kind of hilarious given that, I playing this game, I don't know what's different because I didn't go into late game Overwatch 1. So I was I was pretty early on Overwatch. I liked I liked the characters that were in it. I maybe got into about 3 new characters before I stopped playing. And there are a lot of new characters in there. It's a it's a pretty oh, fleshed yeah. out. Oh They added uh, a whole roster. bunch over
2: the lifespan of that game.
0: Yeah, so the uh thing that I I jumped into, there's a role, you can queue by role, tank,
2: was a tank tank damage and healing, damage basically okay. they got rid of the defensive class at a certain point the which trinity.
0: was fun <laughs> the yeah. holy trinity which was funny because the uh, tank was the highest damage was medium and then support or heal healer was the
2: lowest wait time uh, for the Q by roll you know what's hilarious uh, is that that is not that's kind of stopped being the experience of overwatch one after a while there were more than enough healers to go around and generally people like filled out the teams pretty well, but now that we're here and it's free to play, and it's just the fucking wild west out there. Healers are gone, man. No one no.
1: cares.
0: You were the hey. only heal- healer in all the games we were playing until I started doing yeah. the healer, so you could be the tank.
1: Support supports win games, man. Be the healer. Seriously, the, really,
0: it really there really was the case when we were playing. Yes,
2: it's not like uh, it's a game that doesn't have fun healers to play. There are fun healers in yeah. Overwatch.
1: Everybody wants to be the star or the hero of their own story.
2: <laughs> ah. So
0: so the um the matches we played, we just did the quick match where you could kind of mix and match the team however you want. Yeah, you quick can have, play
2: lets you have any combination of, of number of like it's still five V five as opposed to six V six, which was Overwatch one. Uh but no dupes can, on characters, but no dupes on, on characters, but you can have as many of a, a, like you yeah. can have an all tank team if you want yeah. in quick In match. the quick play. In the, uh,
0: and so we did that, and uh, we, I don't know, we kind of maybe netted even on wins. We did the uh, no, different we modes. You no, don't we think actually
2: so? We won the first one, and then we never won another game after that. Is that true? We oh. got real close on the last one. Okay. Okay, maybe we won a round or two. Um, we definitely uh, won some rounds, but we did not win matches. Okay. Uh, I played a lot of Reinhardt.
0: Reinhardt seems to play very similarly to how Reinhardt played when I played Reinhardt. I don't think they've really changed the old very much. Okay. Did Zenyatta play very similarly? Uh,
2: identically. Okay. They yeah. might have buffed or or kind of uh, nerfed. Oh, I'm sure the numbers yeah. under the hood are slightly different somewhere around, around but like as far as the abilities go, the characters I normally play, they had all the same shit. And then I tried the new healer.
0: The new, um, the one that's kind of locked behind the battle pass, but we weren't exactly sure In in the quick match I was able to use her and I we were talking before the show, might be because I had her unlocked from Overwatch 1 as a bonus. Uh, I yeah. had all the characters unlocked. When I went to the hero's screen, there was a lock on that character. What's
2: her name? I, I, I forget what think, it is. I think it's Kimiko, but I'm not... Kimiko? I
1: believe, I believe that's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to pull up a list right now. But so, here.
2: okay, there's a lot to talk about here, not the least of which is the fact that this game just is fucking busted out of the gate, but... <laughs> The the battle pass stuff is really goofy because like there's two characters everyone gets for free no matter what. There's a new tank, the Junker Queen, uh, and then uh Sojourn, who's one of the new attack class characters. And Kimiko, I think you only get for free if you owned Overwatch one. Okay. But if you didn't, then she is part of the battle pass, which you would pay forty dollars for. She's the first step along with some other
0: stuff on the battle paid premium battle yes. pass. So she had a lock next to her for ranked games in my in when I was looking at the heroes thing where you check your skins right. and stuff. Uh so I don't know if I was able to just use her for free unranked
2: and I would need to battle pass unlock her. I don't know. I have not tried a ranked match yet because I have not I, been in long enough to actually try. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I was not gonna go in a ranked match with the servers kind of being weird. I'm I I'm not a big ranked match player anyway. But I did try her. She's neat. She can spam heals out pretty quickly. Uh she has a teleport. She can throw uh the kunai darts, uh the daggers. She's basically which, like ga- like healing gambit. Uh yeah, yeah Sure, she I mean just she just throws little things and they kinda <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: they heal you or they kill you.
0: And they and they they um okay. well okay. The, she's Kiriko, got
1: the, I believe. Kiriko kiriko okay i believe that's right okay I, I went to overwatch.fandom.com and i didn't have an updated list for overwatch 2 so I'm that's look elsewhere. uh kiriko that's yes that's, yeah that's okay. good
0: okay and she's she's got a very quick heal uh it seems like you kind of have to target heal like with with the the paper slips she throws out but then she has the darts and then she has um uh, kind of a, a buff she can put on some, a player for a little bit that makes them kind of invincible and maybe a damage increase. So when you were playing D.Va, I would just try and buff you to mm-hmm. give you that thing and try and keep up with the healing. And I think Overwatch slash Overwatch 2 still plays very well. I think it's fun to play inside. I'm not deep in the meta, yeah. but in terms of when you're healing, seeing people who are at critical health and the information on screen, it's pretty fun. It's pretty easy. I enjoy the the kind of simplicity of the surface level of Overwatch 2.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. But that, but, but that is the thing, is that the reason you're enjoying it is because the amount of deviation from Overwatch 1 is not very high. At least, I mean, outside of the fact that they have reduced the team from 5v5 to, or, to 5v5 versus 6v6. Like, the actual mechanics of playing and the maps themselves... They put a coat of pain on that stuff, man. And that is kind of like those maps. Those are just those maps. Sometimes they're in the daytime now or they're at night (laughs) when they weren't before, but those are just those maps. And I have a problem. New maps? I I think there are some, but I don't think we actually got to play any of them. I can't (laughs) tell. I haven't played enough Overwatch. All the maps we played were ones I had
0: played before. Yeah. And the modes, too the the push the payload, the
1: hold the checkpoints. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was all the same stuff. Yeah. Now, hang on. Did any of the PVE stuff make it in for launch?
2: I'm not sure that it did because I did not see a oh, mode for that. Oh my on god! The menu
1: I, I, on Overwatch.Blizzard.com. Literally just scrolled to this section on the page as I was asking that question. The story continues with PVE beginning in 2023. Okay. So <laughs> there, like, okay. that was like, wasn't that their big pitch for the big new thing in Overwatch Two? Oh then, yeah, like launch.
2: It was, and it, but again, just like everything else in the development, you know, runway for this thing, it seems like everything was just kind of on fire the whole way through. And I'm I'm not surprised some aspect of it did not make it into the this launch. I think they're technically calling this an online beta, despite the fact that it is yes. the launch date. Yes, for I was going to nah. say that. Where it's, yeah, um, I don't, but no, I don't buy it either. I'm just saying that's what I think $40 they're calling it.
1: Battle Pass. It. Right, your game is out. <laughs>
2: yeah, totally. So the launch
0: stuff, um, they said they were the they were getting a DDoS attacks, denial of service attacks. Um, they said that yesterday, which, and then they said it again today. Yeah, which I could believe. I could also believe that their servers are just being crushed yeah. and uh, and battle. I mean, it's free to play now, so yeah, It's just kind of uh, under a lot of weight as well. It could be a combination of things. Uh, it's. You know, people aren't, this is old school live service. People are not happy when you cannot log in. No. This, I mean, Blizzard has been at the forefront of this. Wow. Never launched well, but that's not fair to say there, there might have been versions of wow that did launch well. And in my experience with world of Warcraft up until burning crusade, there were always problems on launch day. Sure. It's something that as it became a joke covering this industry, what? You know, you'll hear it still do it. Hey, this game is coming out today. When that sure we will be able to live stream it. Yeah, like Dest-
1: Destiny it. has issues every time a new expansion comes yeah. out. Like, my understanding is that the cost of scaling the infrastructure up to actually yeah. accommodate launch day load is so Ridiculous. huge that nobody's really ever going to do it when they know that they can just weather the problems for a couple days and then they'll be okay.
2: But, yeah. the, okay, so here's the thing, though, is that. That is true of 99% of games. I don't think that's true for Overwatch 2. And I'm not saying that in a, oh, well, no one's going to play this game, dead game, lol, or whatever. Like, that's, no. Obviously, this game is going to do just fine in the long run. But the development story of this game up to this point has been so fraught with (laughs) bullshit and so many people reacting negatively to the various development choices they have made for this game. The one thing they could not do was launch in this state. And I understand there may be external factors, but, like, this is, like, the last... Like, I think this is going to be the last draw for a decent number of players of, like, all right, you took away my old game, you changed the, the, the dynamic of it, you've got this battle pass system now, and I can't play it at launch. Like, that is a hard road to hoe. And that does not win you a lot of hearts and minds... Coming off that, like, you know, just the tone of of what people have, how people have responded to this game to come out of the gate here and be like, literally, you can't get in. I,
0: I think, yeah, I, I think probably more acceptable if Overwatch 2 did not. If there was more there. If there was more of a reason to get Overwatch yeah. 2. Yeah, that's the bigger thing. And again, I'm not a big Overwatch player. I, I'm sure people who are playing it could really inform me of all the little differences but uh it just it looked very similar it it seemed to play exactly like overwatch remember which isn't a bad thing but yeah if you're gonna swap it out some new some new show all the new stuff out of the gate new modes new maps whatever at at launch there and then get into the older stuff even the (laughs) training mode seemed very similar
1: honestly i feel like the biggest I guess misstep is what I would say, and like they're already locked in, so there was kind of nothing they could do. Is continuing to call it Overwatch Two. I know. Like if they had never announced a sequel to Overwatch, and this yeah. was just an evolution of right. Overwatch, the existing client. Yeah, call to it free to play. Yeah. Call it Overwatch and, hey, Reborn or something. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, like hey, you know, we're going the free to play. Kids. Like we're, we got new modes on the way. Like there's new heroes, battle pass, blah, blah, blah. You know, but like not presented this as a is the next iteration in sequel form of your beloved multiplayer shooter. Like people would probably be somewhat less angry. I mean, like the changes, the balance changes and stuff that they're making, like it's a popular online game. Like some number of people are always going to be unbelievably furious <laughs> about yeah. changes, but I feel like the expectation would be different if they weren't still nominally presenting this as the sequel to overwatch.
2: And again, if they had not overwritten, the existing game that people paid $60 for back in, you know, 2016 or whatever, I don't think it would have that level of scrutiny. I think it would be like, okay, you made a sequel, it's different, sort of, and it's free-to-play, sort of, and that's fine, but, like, I can still go back and play my old Overwatch, and yeah. you can't. Well, but you, that's don't wanna, by, you don't want to split that
0: base. That's, that's
1: the thing, yeah. It's particularly with how similar this is. Like, this yeah. is, as by, by your accounts, this is, like practically the same game i mean obviously there are major differences but like it's kind of the same game right like, but that's to your like,
2: point is what i'm like, saying is that you can't call it overwatch 2 yeah. and yeah, overwrite yeah. the original game yeah. if, with
1: this minimal amount of difference <laughs> yeah that, that's what i mean is you you completely avoid all the ire over like you took away my f- my game and replaced it with this bullshit <laughs> if you just say hey it's the same bullshit
0: yeah and i think it what will just- destiny do What's that? Uh, in what, what did Destiny respect? do between uh, Destiny and Destiny Two? So they they kept um, Destiny running for a bit.
1: Yeah, no, it's still up. You can still it play. Is. It is. So you can still play yeah.
0: Destiny One. Yes, because there was okay. a bunch of
1: stuff in there that you know didn't make it over. In fact, nothing made it over <laughs> in the beginning. Like they only in subsequent years started re adding content from one into two.
0: And it was a pretty significant change from one to two in terms of like mechanics. mechanics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Like they okay.
1: kind of redid basically everything. Like quest structure like loot itemization like all kinds of stuff
0: so would you say in your mind destiny 2 was kind of um the destiny they always wanted and and they kind of like okay because it was pretty quick wasn't it it was destiny 1 was not out that Uh, long it was three years destiny 1
1: was out for three years before 2
0: that's fairly short Um, like and they got the season model in for destiny 2 and i feel like they have found their pacing to the point where I don't know what a destiny three is, uh, at some, you know, or, yeah. we'll...
1: I, I mean, I, I think, I think iterating on a full sequel was dictated by the terms of the Activision deal. Oh, they, for their... they were they were signed up for a multi-game deal. Ah, uh, so I okay. think they had to produce a separate retail product. Interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I guess. So this, yeah, I think there's uh, I think there's some expectation with an overwatch sequel to have a little bit, a little bit f- fresher. I wouldn't even say new fresher out of the gate. Uh I think it plays fine. I think yeah. the battle pass stuff is whatever the battle pass stuff is in twenty twenty two i just i i, I don't know it, it's not that memorable
2: that's what stings is that yeah. like a- again i I played a gargantuan amount of overwatch, and I'd say that mostly in comparison to the amount of time I put into other online shooters <laughs> like this one like it's ninety nine percent of what I've played online shooter wise in the last several years and you know, I fell off of it, but it's not because I thought the game was horrible or anything. I just, you know, I put a lot of time into it and I kind of ran out of steam with it.
1: Have, have they really not dabbled with any kind of battle pass or season-esque like periodic progression ramp? At no, all like the first game?
2: The way they always did it was that like they would do seasonal, you know, releases of new skins and new like emotes and other things, but like that was kind of it.
1: And it was always piecemeal transactions though. It was always piecemeal transactions like or in-game currency. Uh, yeah. I'm like blown away. They had not done a season <laughs> pass prior to this.
2: They would let you buy in game currency in bulk, and that was kind of it. Um But that that's the thing, is that like I'm playing this with you last night. Yeah. And the entire time I'm I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I am merely whelmed. Like it mm. is just I felt like I just fell into the exact same rhythm I had with that game. Even though there were new characters on the field that had some new abilities that I didn't know about and I had to kind of, you know, adjust strategy based on that stuff, I was literally just jumping in with the exact same strategies I used on most of those maps and 80% of the time it was working. Like, nothing has really changed.
0: Yeah. And we were doing the same modes mostly.
2: That I remembered. Uh, There was nothing I'm sure there will be more stuff coming to it and they are going to, like, diversify a little bit, but, like... Out of the gate, it is just not a strong impression, and that's even before you get to the part where a huge portion of the player base is literally just running into a screen they can't get past.
0: Yep. Uh, I'll say my only criticism that I can speak to in terms of playing Overwatch 2 match after match was it seemed to, it seemed to and I couldn't figure out a good way, to keep rolling in a queue to just auto match make again after a match. It seemed to have to go back to the quick... Match Make Menu again, click it and queue up again. That's how
2: it was in the old game too. Okay, yeah, I, like, I like, just kind of wanted it to s- would float you into the menu until it was ready for another match.
0: Okay, I just wanted to like stay. Uh, there is a stay with party thing that you can vote yes. on, uh, but uh, nobody else seemed to vote on it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I it felt very similar, and I would probably pick it up again if one of you guys wanted to play. Like, yeah. I, I had fun with it. It's fun to play with you.
2: Uh, When it it smooths out and you can just get into a game without any hassle, I think we should all get together and and play some, like, you know, maybe on a stream or something. But, like, who the hell knows when that's going to be? And also, like, I will say my enthusiasm for that idea has definitely diminished a little bit in the last 24 hours.
1: Yeah, like, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, well... I was like kind of interested in this because well, yeah, hey, I haven't played Overwatch in six years. Like it'd be fun to check in and see where things are at, and also it would be nice to talk about it on the podcast. And now that I haven't been able to do so, despite my best efforts, I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually going to bother.
2: <laughs> and that's what I mean when I say that like they really kneecap themselves here, and this is the one thing they couldn't have happen. There's probably a lot of players like you, Brad, who at least dabbled in Overwatch at some point or another and thought this might be the thing that gets me back into it. And those people are going to fucking forget about that game okay, if this yes, doesn't I, even out.
1: If you're talking about people like me, I 100% agree with you. Like when, yeah. you were, when you were saying that earlier, I was thinking about the Overwatch diehard. And, and oh, no. Those people there. are going to come back no matter yeah, what. Yeah. They're I, freaks. I, was sitting, I was sitting there going, like, of course, those people are going to weather 72 hours of shit servers because they yeah. live this game or whatever. But, but yes, if it's, like, casual sort of Overwatch-curious types like me, then yeah, I absolutely feel like people are going to just move on.
2: I mean, that's the whole point of making the game free-to-play, right? Is to bring people like you back into the fold and try and grow that player base. And I just don't think that, like, enough of them are going to be patient for this stuff. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of other games out there.
2: Yeah, there are. Mm -hmm. Such as? Well.
0: I'll, I'll say this before we get into the next one. I did play that character. Uh, I was trying to look at a better healer because Alex, you were like, somebody else needs to play a healer. I was like, I don't know how to play any healers. I just play Mercy. Baptiste seems like a cool character. Oh, he's good. Yeah. I was like, this guy's just got a gun that, that could shoot or heal. He's got a- I- he's got a health gun. He's got a-, he's got a health gun that also just shoots. I think I might try and spend some time
2: with him. Yeah. He's sort of like Ana, but like, you know, Not machine a gun instead of a yeah. sniper.
0: Uh, all right, let's 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 take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about some other games that are out there. Games like Grounded, mm-hmm. g- games like The Finals. Uh, if you're out of Overwatch 2 or sitting in an Overwatch 2 queue, you can at least listen to us talk about these yeah. games. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet
2: you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take
0: time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle?
1: I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some, uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com nextlander. That's RocketMoney.com/slash Nexlander, RocketMoney.com/slash Nexlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, let's talk about another game out there that the three of us have played. Actually, played.
1: Grounded, dude. Grounded. Grounded. It's grounded. Rad. So kind of, I. The only reason I haven't played more grounded since we streamed it is because it's a shared world and I in case we stream more of it, I kind of feel bad about like going in there and doing too much, but like Uh, I I don't feel bad anymore. When I got fed up with fighting the Overwatch server queue, I went and played grounded instead and made my acorn tunic plate. Excellent. And then somebody joined the game. I don't know how they got in there and started trying to kill me.
2: Nice. That sounds about Uh, right. Grounded uh,
1: for oh sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I was—I was, I was going to say a similar thing to you. I, I booted it up uh, earlier this morning, and you know, without being on stream, we streamed this, and we streamed about two hours of it. Without being on stream and just being able to run around and collect resources and take your time and just focus on a thing, I was like, "Why aren't I playing more grounded?" Yeah, I just want to go in like I just—I I built two pallets by our base. i like okay. we started scouting out more base territory, flatter land for our base to. Uh, I-
1: yeah, I, I, I'm way into it. I, I moved I moved the water collector under the juice box because chat said that it would collect juice that way. Excellent. Sweet. I, don't okay. know, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but we'll see.
0: Uh, I started clearing out some grass around our base and just chopping stuff like the, the mundane things that are not necessarily fun for a stream are the things I wholly enjoy about Grounded. So this is obsidian. That, yeah, this is
1: obsidian. Yeah, it's been out in early access for a couple of years. We actually streamed it with Abby. In November of 2020, several months into the pandemic when it first went into early access, but now it is out for real. And it is basically Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but a multiplayer survival game. Yep.
0: Yes. yes. Honey, I Shrunk the Valheim. Honey, yes. I Shrunk
1: the Squad. Uh, so, Also, it is extremely hard.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: it is not. It's challenging for it's, sure. It's very, yeah. it's
1: very punishing. It's like it is I mean, a full survival game. Like so far, I have died of thirst. Mm-hmm. I have died in a single hit from a giant spider. Mm-hmm. Like they are not not messing around.
2: Those spiders are not fucking around.
0: It's uh, it's on Game Pass. I think it's forty bucks. If you are not on Game Pass, it's also very dense. It is yes. uh, a lot at you very quickly in terms of crafting, and there seems to be as I dig into it. More information to explain what everything is. It's just very dense. It's yeah. Like there, there are nice menus for where you can find the components for your acorn chess piece like where those are or what these do, you just have to find them in the menus. And that's a little rough to navigate. It
1: it really throws a lot at, that's probably my only real complaint about it so far is it really throws a ton at you all at once. Like particularly like the recipes, crafting recipes just start stacking up by the dozens. (laughs) It feels like, like as soon as you start doing stuff and there's like other currencies and different types of quests to keep up with. And like the map is maybe not quite as intuitive as it could be, but like it's all approachable. I think, Part of that was part of that was made worse by us playing it on a stream, which like that does make everything worse i don't i don't I don't care what you think if you were the type of person who yells at your screen <laughs> playing games on a stream is not like playing them by yourself like uh, it's, i I think if we were get to get in there and just really take our time, it would probably be totally fine to absorb so I, all that stuff
0: that's kind of a little bit more of what I did this morning. found some other neat shortcuts in there that were bothering me for taking items out of the inventory and putting them in a chest and not but still have, still I think some of the menus are pretty clunky and some of the I'm playing on the controller on the Xbox and I think some of the grabbing an item putting it in a hotbar bar not putting it in a hot bar selecting a weapon selecting an item are a little longer than they yeah, need to be yes
1: hmm. yeah that stuff is a little confusing
0: uh there's a lot of you know hey you can use this hammer to break stone you need an axe to chop things and you want a spear to poke things with also in terms of the amount of gear you get which is neat but it's a little too much too quickly because you wind up with i would say what did we play for two hours we had about five different gear sets they each have their own buffs on yeah. them mm-hmm. which are buffs. like, yeah buffs, like, like and debuffs it's, and it's
1: a lot a- the acorn plate that I just made has higher threat generation. So like, it's got like a fair amount of RPG style, like depth and complexity to it. Cause like, yeah. there's different types of resists. The enemies have weak points. Like you have to scan the enemies, which also them, please. you have to peep the enemies, which you yeah. basically just like you're a bunch of kids. And by then to scan things, you make little hand binoculars over your eyes, Yeah, which is amazing. <laughs> um, But yeah, like you got to track like weak points on enemies and like resists and like There's different. There's like stabbing versus bashing damage and stuff like that. Like there's a lot there to keep up with.
0: So while you're a kid and you're in a group of uh, four other kids or single, is depending on how you're playing. It's not like those kids are dying constantly. Like they're they're so it has this tone where you're like. Hey it's 80s kids and like we're going out into the backyard and we're going to have a good time and then it's your fellow kid just got munched by a wolf spider out of yep. the gate Oof. and is now that wolf spider spawning on your kid's backpack uh, and you're kind of it's it's challenging it's yes. totally rough There's fall damage, there is poison damage, there are, it's, it's you run into a rogue mosquito, you're dead.
2: It's just highlighting how deeply unrealistic Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is, because those kids would have gotten mauled to death by a bee (laughs) within about five seconds.
1: Yeah. It looks neat. It's exciting, though. Yeah. I Yeah. I I think, you know, obviously there's like an easy mode, there is a creative mode, like you can not engage with the difficulty if you don't want to, but I think that's part of what's making it exciting, is that ramp. That survival mm-hmm. ramp of like everything's killing me right now i kind of want to put in the work to get to the point where everything is not just killing me so
0: i want to build base defenses that's what i've been looking at when i was playing this morning i was like how okay we need to fortify to keep these wolf spiders and these ants out of our domain here mm-hmm. and that's what i'm that's the part i want to focus on is i want to build the base i want to focus on water collection because you dehydrate very quickly and you, currently, we just have to knock dew off of uh, grass blades or find a juice box if you can. Mm-hmm. So I, I like. I'm really curious about building up infrastructure in our base in a fun way and in, in an interesting way. Though you know, it's not that fun when the spider is camping on your base. Like that is. Yeah,
1: and, I mean, you, God, fucking, we all slept. Like we all went back to the base and like. Used the beds and said, okay, sleep for eight hours and we'll wake up at 6 a.m. And then, like, literally did not have time to move after waking up before I realized there was a spider behind us and it killed all of us. Like, yeah, it was right there in the base.
0: The nice thing is you can set your spawn point to your, your sleep, uh, your A-frame there, uh, your, your little hovel. And then um, we just respawn over there and you collect your resources. But yeah, I, I like it. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. I think yeah. it's it's think a rare it's neat. one
2: of these that I feel like has actually kind of grabbed my attention. And yeah, I feel where, like
1: there's story. Oh, yeah, sorry. there's
2: story in there, and like the mechanics while punishing, I feel like are generally pretty parsable, pretty understandable, and like it's just got a good goofy tone on top of the menace of all the creatures trying to kill you.
1: Yeah, my the character I was playing is named Hoops, and she has a good like '80s side ponytail. <laughs> Um,
2: the the um
0: thing that I thought was actually technically cool of them to do is you can have a shared world that uh, is not necessarily hosted by any one person.
1: Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of like obviates the need for a dedicated server or something like that. Because yeah, when you create a when you create a multiplayer session and a new save, it just says, "Hey, do you want to make this a shared world so you can add other players?" And then you can and yeah, so. I added you guys to the game. And so now any of us can just start up that session whenever we want and and, and save over it.
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Save, save the state of that world and have it also then be kind of, uh, you know, handed off to the next yeah. person that the yeah. save lives in the cloud or wherever. Yeah. And,
1: I, and I'm playing the steam version and you don't even have to have any kind of, you know, Xbox live subscription to make that work.
0: It's that, that part's neat. I appreciate them doing that.
1: So yeah, I want to,
0: I would like to, and it seems like you can also bring multiplayer people into your single player save and, and switch those over. Yeah. I started a single player one. And when I went to join the multiplayer again, it, it said, Hey, do you want to use this or
1: which yeah, one you, you can, you can clone a shared world into a single player save. If you just want to like fork that world and keep going th- on your own.
0: I think that's smart. And that's, that's very cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's one thing on there. What is it? Recover or repair
1: world. <laughs> Some, yeah. Something. Repair or something. Yeah. There's, it's like kind of like a stuck command or something.
0: Uh, which is uh, maybe if your permissions get weird, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm not know.
1: sure what that that's about. I, I want to play more of it. Like, the story stuff is kind of neat. There's, like, these little hidden, like, robotics labs buried in the backyard in places. It seems like there's, looking at footage, there's, like, a lot of hidden stuff to discover. Because mm. it's not, like, a gigantic map, is it? It's thing? not a huge. Honestly, it has like, it a lot some, of, like,
2: discrete areas and little hidden yeah. stuff.
1: I mean, it's one backyard. Like, it does some neat stuff with um just kind of visibility, line of sight stuff, like... It doesn't have a mini map, which I kind of wish it did. But and the map itself is a little clunky. But like, you can just look up. Yeah, that's true. Like the first major objective is like, yeah, it's like go to the oak tree. Go check out the explosion at the oak tree. And I was like, I don't see the oak tree on the map. And I was like, oh wait, (sighs) what if I just looked up at the sky? Oh, there's a giant tree. I should go there.
0: Right. You see that tree? Yeah, you can go to there.
1: And it's like super heavily wooded, quote unquote. Even though the trees are blades of grass and stuff, like it seems like it intentionally makes you know visibility pretty low as as a survival component and stuff it's cool i I want to play more of it
0: same here uh that is grounded that is available now on the xbox and the pc uh, uh so like I said it's on game Pass or forty bucks uh a game that we played a little bit of, which is in what state alpha the finals
1: the finals it was a very limited closed alpha over just over the weekend, which is now over
0: pretty early. Uh, so the finals, uh
1: Brad, you want to set this one up? It's it is <laughs> it's the second game announced by Embark Studio, but the first one to become playable. Okay. Like they announced Arc Raiders last December, I think, at the Game Awards. Hmm. And then the finals just got announced, I think, in the last month or two. Was it and that re- recent? Okay. I think so. Maybe maybe it's been a little longer. Unless I completely missed the finals ages ago. I don't know. Uh Embark is a Swedish studio that I I don't know how many X dice people are there, but the general word going around seems to be a fair number of X dice people went there. Okay. Uh, It was founded by Patrick Soderlund, who came out of DICE and was a big wig at EA.
2: You know, he's the one who brought the Frostbite engine to all your favorite video games.
1: Hmm. Well, now they're on Unreal 5. So Also, I guess this is probably the first Unreal Engine 5 game that I have touched.
0: It had it run for you.
1: Uh, so it's like one of the big stories out of playing this alpha. I didn't get to spend a ton of time with it. It was very limited. It was just like t- three days, but I think my biggest takeaway is it's definitely time for a new PC. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So it, it, it's like urban environments. It's so it's what is it? It's four teams of three
0: four teams of three and
1: it's kind of a quasi game show vibe. Yeah. Of here are these th- four squads going into this town. I mean, maybe there are other maps that are not urban, but like this was a full on like kind of European yep. seaside town kind of vibe again, uh, day night cycle style thing. Yeah. Though, like but. each, so it's a three, it was a three round thing and I think there are different modes, but this was three full, full, pretty lengthy rounds on the same map, but at different times of day Yeah, and every, every round, the, the lowest placing team was eliminated. Right. So you get to round three and it's just two teams kind of head to head. Um, but yes, there's major destruction in it like battlefield style. It's very cool. Like big time, like just blow the side off a building. One Uh, of the
0: character I was playing, which I think is like the heavy was, I think skinned as a samurai in this, uh, by default, one of the power moves for him was just crash through the ceiling. Oh uh, man, I should have
1: played that class. Yeah, he, he
0: just he just he's got a rocket launcher which is fun cuz it busts holes in wall and he just jumps and crashes through uh, a floor and it it works, it's it, fun.
1: It looks awesome, but it also has, you know, good gameplay implications because you can like blow a hole in the ceiling and then that if you know, if the if the ceiling collapses in the right kind of diagonal way, you can use it as a ramp to get up yeah. higher well, in the building very quickly and stuff like that, but the point is Anytime the building destruction stuff really started popping off, I was like, "Oh boy, i really glad those new Ryzen's just came out because it's time."
0: Oh, mm-hmm. really? Like, did you guys was, did you got framing for you?
1: It was pretty. It was hitting the frame rate pretty hard when when buildings were falling apart. It which is cool. Like it's so cool. So
0: bad for me over here, but well, yeah,
1: you've got a, your, your, your stuff is definitely significantly so, better than mine.
0: I wonder if it's CPU more CPU intense yeah, than that. Uh, yeah, okay. I've
1: also i i i've only heard this from one developer that UE five is pretty CPU bound in general. Okay, like which okay. makes sense. Like it's cool that the you know next gen tech is finally starting to leverage the higher compute that we've gotten in recent years. But anyway, I need to build a new PC. Huh. Uh, I wonder how and that ever made on, on
0: consoles. Um, if it is CPU bound, I'd guess it'll be fine.
2: (laughs) They got a scale for that stuff. So, uh, the, yeah. So the, the setup
0: is you're, you're collecting money and then depositing money. Uh, I, I, the tutorializing in it is not very great. Yeah.
1: Uh, So this was very limited sign up. Like you might get a key if you sign up type stuff. So it was extremely bare bones. Like the tutorial is like two minutes long. I think it was very much more just a, (laughs) like let's put tech yeah put the network stack and all that stuff through the ringer and, and the <laughs> it see comes, what out. comes out. so they yeah. kind
0: of throw you in there and it seemed like you collect a bunch of money from a point from point a and then and deposit money in point b you can steal the money uh when you go to deposit the money kind of like uh what is the um what's modern warfare is call of duty's multiplayer mode with the um what's their big platform for the multiplayer Call of Duty stuff, Warzone. So oh, it's like, oh. uh, like that well, mode, I mean, Warzone. That's specifically,
2: the battle royale stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: so it's like that mode in Warzone uh, where you kind of collect the money and deposit it, and you could pay to bring people back. Uh, this one, you're kind of collecting a bunch of money as your team, and then depositing it. You can interrupt the depositing countdown if you because uh, it takes a little while for it to tick over and mm-hmm. deposit, and you can kind of ambush people. Or uh, this is what I could gather from what I was playing. Right. So uh, we started with three. Somebody dropped out. We won, and then somebody dropped out, but we made it all the way to the end and won with two people. Nice. The person I was playing with maybe was a developer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They were just going off and doing their own thing, uh, which I appreciate because I had no idea what I was doing. I would just follow them, but we wound up winning the whole thing, and it was kind of fun, even though I didn't really understand what was going on because of the... A lot because of the destruction stuff and the powers. You, it's, it's a little apex-ish in mm-hmm. terms of powers.
1: Yeah, it's they're like medium-heavy classes in, in this alpha. I don't know how... Diverse, like the class and power set stuff is going to be in the final. I don't know if it's just those three, but like, like, the, like the light had a zip line that you can shoot kind of wherever. Uh, the medium has that foam gun you may have seen in the trailers uh, where you can just straight up like lay a bunch of foam down and make a bunch of barriers or stairs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I Not guess a Heavy. rocket launcher. Yes. Heavy, Heavy has that, uh, that ground pound smash building stuff.
0: And I also had a shield I could put out, um, which was right. Which was shield, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it, it's cool. It, I, I definitely need to spend more time with a more robust version of it to really get a good feel for it.
0: The vibe to me was like later rounds, like the end game of Apex, when you're mm-hmm. down to fewer teams and there's that kind of more
1: yeah. intense focus. It, Kinda, it had that vibe. Yes, it's kind of it's kind of like a way to get that winnowing process yeah. <laughs> of a battle royale where it filters down to the top few players without. Like, just straight up doing another battle royale
0: yeah so i appreciated that and again i think if if that means that's the only way the destruction tech can work with fewer players on the map i'm okay with that because it all worked it all seemed i didn't miss a hundred players yeah right situation
1: time of day stuff seemed pretty meaningful like our our third we made it to the last round and it was at night and raining and it was really hard to see in spots yeah so like there were actual meaningful differences between rounds It, it, it seems neat i am looking forward to playing a more complete version
0: yeah i went from not interested uh when you said we had access to this alpha to being super interested after playing it like it actually actually made me more interested getting into it
1: yeah our our creators remains the thing from them that i really want to check out though Mm.
0: and the new pc and the new processor
1: also yes like a test bed for hey what can this new hardware do did this game kind
2: of sneak in there? Because I remember Arc Raiders was kind of like the first big thing the studio announced. And I feel yeah, like I, I, was, I, I heard about this, but then like I feel like I just kind of forgot it existed.
1: That's what I was saying earlier. I yeah. think this just got uh, announced a month ago, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, so this only got revealed a month ago. Also, this is Nexon for whatever it's worth. I think Nexon sure. is back, backing this, but... Um not uh, not a lot of easy.
0: information in terms of release date or pricing or no. free to play or anything, right?
1: Well, the last thing I'll say, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen this, but like the, I can confirm when you kill people, they do in fact explode into gold coins in an effect that looks pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I think you're like virtualized. In the beginning, they show people running towards some screen and you jump through it into maybe like a virtual world. It is very game showy. Looks is good. Is it the metaverse? I, is this the metaverse? Be. Maybe we'll all explode into gold coins. God, I hope uh, so. Uh, last thing I'll say here that I played, uh, quickly, Moonbreaker. So Moonbreaker also got revealed at something. It was the one where Brandon Sanderson was attached to, the writer. It's got the minis, and it is a turn-based. Oh, it's that game. Yeah. Yes, yes okay. Exactly. Uh, it's the turn-based tactical shooter, for lack of a better term. Uh, I spend a lot of the time in the mini painter. Mm-hmm. which is reasonably fleshed out. It's You can do washes in it, dry brushes in it, and they work kind of as expected. The washes creep into the crevices of the Mini. The dry brushing seems to just highlight the raised parts of the Mini. There's uh, uh, airbrushing and painting. They have a pretty decent uh, palette so you can mix your colors on. They have um, uh, an auto-masking tool, which seems to work okay. It's not perfect in, the, in terms of uh, letting you paint a portion of the mini without spilling paint onto let's say you're painting a fingernail without spilling onto the hand it'll kind of mass it automatically some pieces did not get masked but i spent a lot of time in there and that seemed pretty well done and then i played the actual tutorial for the game and oh, yeah okay i mean yeah. it's how's if the you were to replace the ah it's you know the minis kind of knocking against each other yeah so this these could are, be minis. It could be cards. It's positional, so I guess it couldn't be cards.
1: These are pretend minis, right? There's no, like, real-world actual product line that they <laughs> not, are.
0: Not yet. I, don't, mm. I get the sense there will be boosters. I think that literally there might be boosters. I poked around a little bit. It seems like there is some. It's a it's a $30 game, and then I think you can pay for more stuff in it. So that might not be cool. It's early access, so maybe some of that will change. Again, $30 to get it to the early access and then you can pay for more stuff in it. And I saw some reviews, some Steam reviews saying not a fan of that model. So we'll see what they do moving forward in terms of um gating some of the modes behind paying, like um like a ticket system. They have like a ticket yeah. system where hey, if you want to do this arena th- style thing, the single player versus thing, you need more tickets. So I didn't dive too deeply into that. But you get you get your your characters, your minis. They each have different abilities, and it's very positional. Hey, one character can pull other characters towards them, so they're closer. And they have, um, you know, you can move, you can use your ability, you can attack. Turn based style stuff. So that part's not that complicated, but it is neat. I don't know if I'm going to jump back into that. I think if uh, if I were to turn off this podcast right now, I just want to go play Grounded. So uh, yes, I'm, I'm with, with you on that. <laughs> Brandon
1: Sanderson has no chill. Yeah. He needs needs to slow down, man. Yeah. Save Uh, some for the rest of us.
0: uh, No, that's don't get into video. Don't get into all the video game stuff. I think Brandon Sanderson did some Fortnite stuff, too. You can't unleash that person on the video game world. There's just... No. Stop. Stop. I thought
1: that looked neat. I I didn't have no interest, really, in that style of game. But, like, the tilt-shift looking... Or depth-of-field type stuff on the miniature board like it at least has a really nice look to it
0: honestly the thing that i i was in the miniature painter on it that i wanted to do was (laughs) if they licensed out minis i would love to bring them the license the minis i buy into that thing to test out paint schemes Mm -hmm. and to get
1: yeah that's a neat idea
0: yeah to get better at painting the minis i actually own uh, and be like oh i should i should not use this color or i should use more red on this or i should mix my yellow with my uh, whatever it is uh that's where i wanted to go with it uh but their minis are neat and the painting tools are cool that's what i got out of a moonbreaker Fair enough. available for $30 oh i think i got some moon breaking outside my window here or oh, no. lawn breaking it sounds like uh, some i don't know if you guys can hear it but there is some lawn mowing
2: happening no i didn't hear it
0: well i think that's going to do it for the games that's overwatch 2 grounded the finals and a moon breaker uh, i also played a bunch more spider hack because i love that game and i think it's great and i think we're gonna play some more of it this week uh because it's a great game so you can tune into that i think we're gonna also maybe if we can get into some overwatch we'll see on thursday if the servers are there if it works if it works we'll see if we it doesn't i'll boot up some stuff. trombone champ because fuck it why not because <laughs> well, why not we got a grab bag stream coming up uh, on Thursday. You can check that out. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back with the news. And if you thought the games were weird, wait until you get to the news section. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro,
2: you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door.
0: It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. That's a, uh, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post.
2: Are you trying this- to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife?
0: <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, This one was uh, specifically uh, a fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten, I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that'll go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, bespoke post. All right, we are back, and it is time for the news. Now the news. Can I use <sighs> this news? This is news you can use. It's for not sure. the olds. It's no, the it's the news. Uh, this one you've got a lot of news stories. Sometimes you predict what's going to happen. Sometimes you are thinking something's going to happen. Sometimes you know what something's going to happen, but it's still. It is shocking to you to see just how it happened. That is the case for me with Stadia.
1: Yeah, I can't remember what they've said previously because I know Phil Harrison put out a previous statement about winding down some component of Stadia. I, th- I want to say that was about their sort of first-party content development efforts. That right? is correct. That was that was that was essentially saying like hey, we're not going to be prioritizing making new games for Stadia anymore, I think, right?
2: I mean, in a pretty short amount of time from, I'm going to say, last year, late last year, I think they, yeah, that was like they bought the studio that made Journey to the Savage Planet, and then they eventually shut that studio down as part of their, their winding down of all their internal development.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think in that messaging, he had already said kind of like, hey, the streaming tech we've developed is sound, and we're going to work on continuing to leverage that and offering that as a platform to other developers and publishers and stuff, but now we've come full circle. They're killing Stadia. Stadia's yeah. going away. He has, he's back. The hatchet <laughs> man himself is back to say Stadia will be shut down on January 18th, 2023.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're basically saying it didn't take hold. They're basically saying what you said, Brad, which you're saying what they said. Hasn't gained
1: the traction with users that we expected. Yeah. Um,
0: And and it's probably the thing we, this is why I said, you kind of saw it coming because I did think the technology was pretty neat and when it worked, it worked well, but their approach and their model never seemed to find foot or, or, or really appeal to me personally. I don't know if I was a target for this, But even in talking to people to whom I think are the targets, they also, it's not like you don't own the games. There's something about the model, I believe, of buying, subscribing to this service or getting the hardware for Stadia, then buying the games on Stadia. Where that license for that game lives on Stadia, Yeah, something a little more ephemeral about
2: that. they They never had a good answer for what their platform actually was. Are they a marketplace? Are they a streaming service? They wanted to be both. And the thing is, that was never going to be a good sell, especially in a world where, you know, not that necessarily Amazon Luna has taken hold, but there are other competitors out there. In the streaming space and also in the, you know, like subscription service space. And the Stadia pitch, despite the technology being there, never made any sense from a financial standpoint. It was never a, oh, well, I understand what this money is going toward because you weren't getting the games as part of the subscription. The subscription was what gave you access to the technology. But then you had to subscribe or like buy into a whole different marketplace for your games, which is a real tough rough road to hoe yeah. in a world where steam and Epic exist. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And yeah. to be there's fair,
2: like, the, the subscription stuff got you
0: tears of the service. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But still,
1: there's definitely a market for people who want to play screaming games and not worry about owning a console or buying games individually. Mm-hmm. But those people want to subscribe to a Netflix like service. Yes. Enter X cloud. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Obviously Microsoft is, seems to be the, the, the best positioned and the most savvy about how to actually make this work. Cause people just want to pay 10 bucks a month and for a catalog stream games and yeah. not think it, not think about it. And this required too much thinking about it. Also, they just never really got there with the content offering. No, like there just was not a lot of unique content there at all. And those efforts seemed to kind of die on the vine. Like, you know, they hired Jade Raymond, but then she left relatively quickly. Okay. Um, I'm had, just going
2: to say this right now. Yes, just about all of their hires for building out this service feel like the kind of thing a company with more money than sense does. Yeah, I mean, we're
1: just not a lot of expertise in this in this industry or or category, right? Well,
2: I mean, but at the same time, they did bring in people with expertise, but like they're not people that you know necessarily feel like they have the greatest handle on the modern game space. Like, I'm just gonna hmm. right now. I think what I'm actually saying here is. Is it now time to finally reevaluate the history of Phil Harrison?
1: I don't know man that's perhaps a larger question than this podcast.
2: Like I just want to briefly read to you his the entirety of his Wikipedia page right now post Sony because that is where we all know Phil Harrison from. That is kind of where his he established himself as a face and a, a personality in games.
1: Yeah, he was there a good long while and I uh, at least associate Quality with his tenure there mm.
2: But then let's look at what came after On, third, on the 3rd Of March 2008 he joined Infogrames Atari On 19th April 2010 he had resigned From the board of directors In 2010 in May He joined Gaikai hmm No idea what happened there. He might still work at Gaikai. I have no idea. They never (laughs) say what happened there.
1: You know, Gaikai famously acquired by Sony and turned into uh, the PlayStation Now.
2: Okay, so then in March uh, 2012, he joined the interactive entertainment team at Microsoft. In April 2015, he had left Microsoft Game Studios. Mm -hmm. Did he do anything in that time?
1: Mm.
2: Can you name a thing that Phil Harrison did at Microsoft in that three-year span?
1: Uh, Helped launch the Xbox One?
2: That's not Studio the thing acquisition? I, that's not the thing I would hang my hat on. Mm. And then after that, January 2018, he joins Google as a general manager. And then uh, Stadia is announced in 2019. September 2022, Stadia is being shut down.
0: Okay. What has
2: he done since 2008?
0: Fair. I don't know. but But I'm not trying to... D- I'm not trying to steer away from the Phil Harrison uh, uh, retrospective, but Google also oh, notorious
2: yeah. history for starting stuff up and shutting it down. There is blame to spread around here because, again, I think Google had a lot more money than sense here, and that is the way a lot of Google projects tend to go, is that they, they throw a bunch of money at a thing, right. hope it becomes the next biggest thing in the world, and if it doesn't, yep. they eventually abandon it.
0: I have no problem. Uh, just it seems to me, and like Brad, I feel like you've brought this up a lot in the past. Like Google, ruthless when it comes to just ending a project. They just they're not a throw good money after bad. They will just kill, yeah. kill a thing. And
2: yes, uh, there are no sacred cows there. It's just like it, it's if it's not Google proper or it is not involved in their ad business, it is up for it is it could be axed at any moment.
0: So I think I remember, Brad, you you were probably the most vocal out of the three of us when this thing started of like, oh, this is Google. We'll see how long this, you know, Google wants to support this pet project.
1: Well, they were making a good pitch. Like I I remember us live streaming that announcement stuff Mm -hmm. in the San Francisco office. And like we were fairly excited about the pitch they were making. They just never really came through or they never followed through. Which is what I was saying earlier. Like they just never brought the, exclusive content offering no. to bear that they needed to get people invested in this thing.
2: And the technology, I it, while good, I just don't think was ever exciting enough to overcome the various business practice missteps they made a- along the way. Like, I think it always kind of worked, but no one was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen.
1: Well, like some of the, some of those tech features they were pitching at the beginning of like, oh, you can have like as many people in a split screen thing as you want, because each person can just have their own server blade running their part portion of the game. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about one video game console rendering four people's viewport anymore or whatever. Like, I don't know that that ever actually made it into a shipping game. I'm not sure. And there was,
0: there was like handoff. Wasn't there handoff streaming from YouTube? If somebody's streaming a thing, you could pick up, uh, if you, Brad, you were streaming a game using stadia on YouTube. I watching could jump in or something or like take over. There, there was some kind of shared ecosystem. Yeah, they, they talk about that. I,
1: I want to say some of that stuff maybe came to fruition. I can't say for sure.
0: So, so yeah, I think it was a, I think there's probably a future here and they know there's a future here with their tech,
2: but it really, they're, I think they just couldn't break into that I, game space. I, I think yeah, there is the a content
1: f- side, yeah. is the problem.
2: There is a future in game streaming. I think they thought they were going to be at the vanguard of it, but they did not have the content offering nor the business strategy to bring in anyone but the most tech-forward players.
1: Yeah, I, I think when he made that previous announcement about them kind of retiring their first-party content efforts, I want to say like Capcom and Sega were some names thrown around of like publishers who might make use Mm -hmm. of their streaming backend, So it seems like maybe that's the type of, uh, future you can expect for that technology. But like the writing has been on the wall for this ever since that previous messaging from, from Harrison about, about the content stuff. So Uh, I think then it still just kind of came out of nowhere and seems to have taken quite a few development partners by surprise. But like, I feel like the, the the thing we're not mentioning here, which is like kind of shocking to me, is they are straight up refunding everything that everybody bought That, so that is, is crazy. that is, like yeah that is the part hardware, I did not expect so I like I purchased
0: this and i'm I would not have expected a refund
1: software, maybe I could see software, although like a lot of companies wouldn't even do that, but hardware i mean, fucking what is Google's market cap? They can afford it
2: well they can afford it, but the thing is yeah and but. They've also yeah. put players in a weird situation because there are a bunch of people who, ma- you know, played these games on this service and like their saves are on that, you know, are on those servers somewhere. I think like the, the Cyberpunk devs were like, hey, we're, lo- we're talking to Google right now about finding a way to get your Cyberpunk saves in so that you can have them on a different platform or something. Like there is a there is definitely a lot of like scuttling around trying to figure out, like, how do I get access to the stuff that I've been playing on these servers all this time?
1: Yeah, like major developers have put out some statements like Bungie said, like they've begun conversations about next steps as far as what to do with your Destiny progress. Like IO has said basically the same thing about Hitman. Uh, Ubisoft is basically talking like they're going to migrate the stuff you bought on Stadia over to their own platform. Yeah. Which I guess is called Ubisoft Connect this week. <laughs> um, But yeah, like the refund stuff, like Sounds like that was not communicated very well to customer support and stuff either. But yeah, like it it sounds like by and large, any money you put into this thing you're going to get back and and not have to return the hardware. So that's that's more generous than I would have expected out of this.
0: So they're gonna do software, they're gonna do game and content purchases, but they're and hardware, but they're not doing subscription purchases. No, they're no, not giving right? your subscription
1: you, money back. Okay. If you if you signed up for what was the Stadia Pro or whatever, yeah. No, that that's just gone.
0: Okay, so I mean, I I've got the hockey puck thing that goes into the TV and the controller. That's Chromecast? the hardware I bought.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's just the Chromecast. A, it's just a Chromecast. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, at this point, you might as well use it as a hockey puck. Uh,
0: is this Chromecast, I never, no, it's fine. I never really used it. I it's know. Fine. I mean, for okay. a while,
2: Stadia didn't work on a Chromecast, right? Like that was kind no, of well, the Stadia a stuff.
1: I'm not the the Stadia stuff on Chromecast was not fine at launch, yeah. but I mean, as a, as a general Apple TV yes, yes, yes. thing to stream to like, they're, they're fine.
0: Um, and I've got the controller, so I've got the, I've got the hardware there. I assume they will give me a credit on a Google wallet. And I assume that's probably the easiest thing for them to do for most people is to credit a, your Google account because you had to make one to buy this thing. It's not like you could buy it outside of the Google, Google ecosystem. I would think it would be much harder for them to try and charge back to any kind of credit card or something like that because credit cards, my credit card has probably expired or changed since then. So I assume I will get something that says, hey, you have X amount of dollars in a Google wallet on your account, and I don't, I don't know what to do with that. You know, Buy some kind of gift card eventually with it if I ever get my refund, which they're saying midpoint January 2023 for them to kind of process all this stuff.
2: I think so, yes.
1: Yeah, there's a FAC up and they don't have, they basically say they are still working through the refund process and haven't fully nailed down all the details yet. I don't know how they'll distribute that stuff. I mean, you should be able to just spend that money anywhere that takes, like, the Google's transaction system the same way as, like, an Apple Pay would work. Yeah,
0: I'm just not in that ecosystem. Like, I'm not in the Apple Pay ecosystem, but... <clears throat> i'll figure it out yeah right, whatever it is i mean it's it's just a weird thing i again i didn't expect a refund no. on any of that stuff you don't get a refund on your ouya or her you know you don't get unless you're in some kind of I mean, what's the refund there <laughs> you, you still enjoy your your ouya today aren't you Yeah, that's it's true that's yeah. true what's and, the uh the calico one uh
2: oh did it, that uh, thing ever actually come out <laughs> i don't know if it actually came out okay yeah. And don't expect
0: a refund there.
2: Don't expect a refund, and uh, I'm just going to say this as a, as a warning to all game developers out there. Phil Harrison, walks through your door. Run. <laughs>
0: oh, gee, Phil Harrison, you've got a, you're trying to blow the whistle on Phil Harrison, huh?
2: Look, man, all I'm saying is that he's like one of those dudes that keeps getting head coaching jobs despite the fact that he has not had a winning season since 2008. Uh, you think this is the end that we hear front-facing from Google on video games for a long time? For a while.
1: Mm, yeah, Probably okay
2: i don't think i mean i think they'll find their way to dip their toe back in eventually and that tech will probably find its way into something but i don't know i just uh, uh
0: not maybe coincidentally i or maybe it was seated in my brain just yesterday for the first time tried sony streaming stuff I, I streamed some ratchet and clank to my ps5 um seemed to go okay
2: yeah what,
0: I, I, what little it, i've dabbled in it, it seemed functional
1: like it could only, remote play, or
0: no, no, the actual streaming, um, like the PS3 only does, games
2: that only stream and stuff.
0: It only did 720p for that stuff, which I
2: get, you know, for for that uh, era. But
0: it was neat; it seemed to work. I mean,
2: streaming stuff is going to happen. It just it is happening. It just has not taken like a mainstream hold yet. It, no, it just like, needs to Microsoft be implemented is, well
1: again, like just quietly over there doing it for real.
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be a good my My case that I always bring up is on release day, if I weren't able to preload something or I just decided to buy a big game that's maybe like sixty seventy gigs, I would love to be able to stream it immediately while it downloads in the background or or when I turn the console off, have it download the game so I can play immediately, and then the next time I play, maybe it's downloaded, but yeah uh, i
1: mean that that was part of the xCloud cloud pitch. I don't know if they've implemented that or not yet, but
0: yeah like the best of both worlds, right? Like, oh, hey, we all decided to go play this game. You don't have to download it. You could just stream and play it now, and if you want to, you can download it later um and have it. So we'll see what happens with stadia and see what happens with those refunds, yeah, uh controller was interesting that's a nice way of putting word it forward well, it's connected right to the internet. remember that it yeah. was like uh yeah. it did it was like
1: okay yeah that was that was interesting in terms of reducing latency.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if anybody will crack that thing open to work with something else at some date. Uh, let's move on to what is going on with Disco Elysium in the studio behind it? Good question.
1: Hmm. Seems to have been some kind of involuntary exodus of talent from the team.
2: Yeah. Which this is I still all-
1: don't know how to pronounce and so- <laughs> don't think I want to try. I don't know. You tell me.
2: Uh, I always, couldn't even read it. I've always just called them Zaum. Okay, that's kind of
1: what I say in my head.
2: But yeah, so there's this is all coming from a, a
0: medium post from Martin. Is it Luega? I think it's Luiga.
1: Luega? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So a member of the studio has essentially said that that all of the lead creatives that worked on Disco Elysium have been forced out of the studio.
2: And it seems Which, like it was the, the work of the parent company.
1: This boy is about the last possible ending for that outfit that I could have ever expected, given the sort of political bent of that game and also what I know of the culture of the studio.
2: But that's the thing is that they did have a parent organization, it sounds like. And that's the, the risk you always run with something like this that becomes very successful is that eventually people are like they want to seize on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, he he basically blames the money people for this happening. There are not a lot of firm details about this, to be no. clear. Like, we basically should just say, hey, this seems to have happened and move on because <laughs> we really don't know exactly what happened. Like, a lot of the, most of what's been said is extremely vague.
0: Yes, it's written, like, um, so written kind of oddly. The most I mean, I think
1: the studio was, like, kind of a collective structure previously right i believe so yes was my understanding like i
2: don't know that it was specifically a like co-op style thing but it was very much like a more collective organization
1: yeah i mean he he refers to it in his medium post as the Zaum cultural association right uh which he draws a distinction about right yeah between between that and the company
2: so like there are still developers that worked on Disco Elysium that are there and that are working on what is presumably the sequel to that game. Yeah. But I yeah, haven't
1: said what they're working on, but job listings and some stuff they have said sort of imply in that direction.
2: And the thing that I saw going around today, uh, you know, I have not verified to so take this with a grain of salt potentially, but uh, is that a lot of the jobs they're hiring for are in like New York and London. And this is very much an Eastern European team. And that yeah. game is very much one born of Eastern European culture.
1: Yeah. Are they in Estonia? Like I, I believe so. Or at least they, some of them were at least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He, he, I don't know that you could read into some of the stuff he says in this Medium post about like, again, I think, I think the cultural organization that he he's referring to is, is sort of that loose flat collective structure yeah. that they had. Uh, he says, I still encourage people to organize. And I would say that one of the qualities that the cultural organization sorely lacked was pretty much any formal structure for a while. It was beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. The whole, uh, the, the medium post reads like one of the internal monologues in disco Elysium. It is, it is, it is kind of wordy and, you know, uh, takes a couple of glancing overs to try and get the what is trying to be said there. It is right. Not a <laughs> it's 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 um, also kind of short. It's only like two paragraphs long, but it's but it's sad. Okay, yeah, you know well, Disco
2: Elysium was kind of one of the big success stories of of indie games in recent years, and it just sucks to yeah. see kind of the air sucked out of that thing.
1: Yeah he he did um he did post a picture of the executive producers of the first game on Twitter in response to somebody saying the suits have killed disco. So make of that what you will. Hmm. hmm. What I'm saying you should make of that is it <laughs> seems like the suits, the money people may have gained too much influence. I don't know.
2: That seems to be his implication at the very least.
1: Yes. Um, it's a common thing to happen when a unexpected runaway success occurs. Yep. Anyway, who knows what the future of Disco Elysium and that studio is at this point. I, but, I do not. I bet I bet the people who have been forced out will not have a hard time doing something else in games.
0: Oh, yeah. That console version came out not that long ago, right? It was a year um, or so. mm-hmm.
1: It's been about a year, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Uh, all right. Let's go to another very popular game. Halo. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, okay. This news here, the the lead on it is you know halo and possibly switching uh to unreal here
1: Is yeah that's, so so rumors say reported by a variety of journalists
0: um what do you think about this brad
1: uh well it I, seems very indeterminate what the details are so it's kind of hard to say too much about it i mean i kind of i didn't feel like they're there's basically there's no way they're rebasing Halo Infinite on Unreal.
2: Okay, that's what, that's what I was really going to yeah. ask you. Like, like do, no That's a way. hell of a thing to try and undertake.
1: Are they going to port an entire released game to a new engine, or if they do, then like it's like kind of unprecedented. So what does that mean, though? The because history of games. Well, they have they have this rumored battle royale project in the Hopper. Mm-hmm.
0: That is not this part project, of Infinite. Project that's Tatanka
1: like s- is the thing that people have been talking about for a while. That is. Supposed Halo Battle Royale in the works, and so presumably that could be moving to Unreal. Okay, because they still
0: have to put pieces into Infinite, right? Aren't aren't there still still things missing?
1: I could be wrong. Like they could actually be doing that. It would just be like a a Herculean (laughs) undertaking that would be like kind of shocking to see.
2: (laughs) Maybe not the Um, best use of their resources.
1: Um, I I haven't kept up with. I mean, like there's constant stories about unrest with the Halo infinite audience and like what is going on at 343 and blah, blah, blah. And like, they've had some leadership, uh, shakeups recently. Bonnie Ross left, although it sounds like that was largely for personal reasons. Mm. Um, but I guess also their head of engineering or the lead engineer on their current tech left. Oh boy. A month, a month ago. Um, that's not a good one. I don't know, man, like bespoke internal engines seem like they are getting harder and harder to maintain. Or I, they yeah. always
2: were is the thing.
1: Yeah. But I mean, development has gotten so much more complicated. I mean, there's also the possibility that they have just got a grotesque amount of tech debt built up over time mm. that they can't really ever stop long enough to purge to fix their own stuff. Cause they've just got to keep making more game. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm like unreal is great. Like, it's hard to find a developer that has much negative to say about Unreal. I feel like, uh, at the same time, the idea that like everything is going to be Unreal eventually—I'm not sure how I feel about that either.
2: When everything is Unreal, what is real?
1: I mean, like the, the features they announced at UE5 are like you know standard setting. Like my my understanding is that Unreal has by far the best tool chain of any off the shelf engine that you can license. Not that there are that many options out there. No. Uh, Like, I mean, it sounds like Unreal is like the industry standard for a reason. At the same time, the idea of everything running on it eventually. I mean, you know, we're never going to get to the point where literally everything does, but. Well, you also
0: get the, you you, your talent that you get also will be more familiar with Unreal if it's out there and prolific. Yeah, like those
1: skills obviously transfer between studios to an extent. I mean, obviously everybody modifies, you know, stuff to their, to their needs. Right. Uh. But maybe. it's not the same thing as like and you know studio having its own internal engine, and maybe even within
0: some place like Microsoft, if they have all those teams now and they need to pull and, and push people from projects, you know, getting someone up to speed on your your engine could be troublesome. I I am not in that space, but
1: yeah, I'm trying to think like it. what everything else that Microsoft runs on. Like Coalition, obviously, is like you know Gears, and then the Coalition big Unreal studios because Gears was always on Unreal. Um, isn't Sea of Thieves Unreal?
0: I don't know. It might
1: I, be. I think that's right. Um,
0: uh, yeah,
1: yes, I, I guess that was Rare's first game moving to Unreal.
0: Like is um, Psychonauts on Unreal?
1: What other? I believe that's the case. I think. Gosh, please hold while I Google <laughs> every Microsoft first party right. release from the last two years. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, it does Does Bethesda yes. go into yes, Unreal? I,
1: Psychonauts 2 was on an, on UE4. Uh, no, I would guess no. I would guess they okay. stick with what they've id-tech got. Okay, idTech or whatever they're running. And, and per, uh, what's that?
0: It, it, are they still doing stuff on idTech?
1: No, no, they've never went anywhere near. I actually, when Bethesda bought id years and years ago, I mean like 2009 or whatever it was, I asked somebody who worked on, <laughs> somebody I know who at the time worked on Bethesda stuff, uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls, I was like, how long before we get a fallout on on the doom 3 engine or whatever it was at the time rage i guess at the time he was like it's like yeah if you want the games to take a decade then oh, sure oh wow okay
0: okay um,
1: although interestingly i pulled up a round table that microsoft ran right after the bethesda acquisition was announced yesterday cuz i remembered phil spencer saying some stuff and sure enough he was in there talking about leveraging id as a like xbox wide tech support studio or like hmm talking about using id tech at different um uh different microsoft first party studios so what's what's
0: wolfenstein running on
1: uh the first wolfenstein two wolfenstein games were both id tech
0: oh they were okay yeah yeah uh yeah i don't know like maybe 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 they're looking to frostbite it up and just kind of unify their development chain across well Well, that's frostbite that's frostbite i mean that was
1: that was EA trying to save money by not paying Epic whatever percentage of their sales they had to contractually. Yeah, by by using their internal technology, which was not well supported. <laughs> but I mean, it
2: was more, more supported for specific, very specific things, and very much not for anything else. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, like it's not. I don't think it's the case that EA couldn't have made the investments against cross-studio support that they needed to. I mean, it just it seems like they did not. Yeah, you know, like
2: they just assumed they'd figure it out.
1: Like Sony generally uses internal technology across almost all of its first-party stuff, but like they actually do the work to support those studios. You know, there's like the there's the Ice Team at Naughty Dog, which is their kind of like crack team of R and D and tech specialists that are there to grease the wheels for all of Sony's studios uh, on the technology front. And is God of War internal also? Yes. Don't quote me. Okay. <laughs>
2: I think most Sony stuff is internal, right? Yeah.
1: Naughty dog definitely is like, um, let's see. Yes. Yes. God of war. The previous God of war game is proprietary engine.
2: All right. I, well, this is, uh, I mean, Horizon, is, you
1: know, like famously like gorilla has the Decima engine, like their, their stuff is all internal as well. So and that's the engine
2: s- that uh, death Stranding was on.
0: Right. Yes. Uh, this is, we should say again, rumored, not, not confirmed yet, but uh, that's a heck of a thing. If yeah,
1: I don't, I don't, I don't know too many specifics, but if it's the case that 343 has been saddled again with like years and years of tech debt based on, you know, whatever the origins of their current tech were and how far back they go,
0: yeah,
1: uh, this might be the exact clean break they need. Like you heard the same shit about Bungie with Destiny for years, you know, like you heard about all that stuff about like you want to make some minor tweaks to a Destiny map. You have to like move the objects around that you want and then wait 24 hours for the build server to spit out a new usable version of the level to test uh, and stuff like that. I did that. not like, hear that. That sounds like yeah, that, that, that's years in the past. I mean, presumably they've made, they've ameliorated some of that stuff, but like, I don't know. Well, more on that, I'm sure.
0: And probably more on Halo as that Halo Infinite as that game continues to come out over the next three years uh forge in the co-op campaign right so we're waiting on those
1: yes Uh, yes that is yes those things are still going and then whatever this rumored battle royale thing is sounds like it might be a separate product i would be like i would be blown away if there's no way they're moving infinite over this is this has (laughs) got to be a this has got to be a projects going forward thing
0: it's it's it is also wild to me if they were to try to port that whole thing over that's That's bananas. All right. You mentioned Horizon, Brad. There's other Horizon news here. Uh, I guess, speaking of the engines that these games run on, how hard would it be to just turn the knobs and make it run better on a PS5? Mm. Pretty easy, right?
1: Well, Uh that's the thing. They did that already. So, this is even weirder because Mm. so multiple sources reporting that a Horizon Zero Dawn remake or remaster or something is coming to PS5. It has to be way more of a remaster than a remake, I would think. Because that game's not that old. It's like no, five, it's not. It's like five years old.
2: <laughs> that was end of PS4 lifespan.
1: And, and again, Zero Dawn got updated. For not It did not become a PS5 SKU, but it got updated to, you know, they unlocked the frame rate, they let it run at, at checkerboarded in 4K, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you can play a pretty good version of Horizon Zero Dawn on the PS5 already. Um, but, you know, they did that PSV, PS5, or I'm sorry, the PC version first. Like, that got new engine bells and whistles and some stuff and then Forbidden West obviously is a major step up over Zero Dawn mm-hmm. on the tech side so like maybe it's not that surprising that like I guess I should detail like the rumors are they're going back in and like redoing textures and animations and character models um, adding accessibility features which they put a lot more of into Forbidden West like that's For the sure. kind of thing that would be great to see like I, I don't want to assume too much but from the sound of it i would guess this is a pretty low impact project all things considered
0: yeah i guess i don't I really don't know i guess if you have some of the existing tech and the engines aren't too dissimilar maybe uh, yeah I mean, yeah
1: i mean they've done all this work to upgrade the engine since that game came out like i would guess that backporting a lot of this stuff would not be t- terribly difficult
2: well and i've seen a lot of people talking and about the idea that like a lot of these Remasters and remakes are happening because it is a thing you can do to get a new set of developers' feet wet. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, using existing stuff and just sort of like you know upgrading versus like creating an entirely new game. Like it's a low investment for new talent. I'm not sure that's exactly what they're doing here because obviously they haven't even announced yeah. this thing. But yeah, I think I that is something that Sony has been dabbling in.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I was speculating about with the Last of Us remake. I yeah. Mean- but that one is far enough removed that you can also, like, sell it as a new product. Barely, right? Barely. It's barely, because half of the narrative about that release was, like, already? It's only been not even ten years yet, and now here we are. This has barely been five years. Um, anyway. Yeah, it's... That'll probably happen. Like, the bigger part of this is that there's also a multiplayer Horizon game rumored as part of this.
0: Yeah, not a lot of details, but yeah. No. Uh,
1: Yes, the the like multiple sources seem to have hinted at the same thing, which is that they are doing some kind of online co-op multiplayer Horizon game. Uh, let's see. This was all reported by a site called NP First, which I'm not familiar with, but they have since been so- cited by other sites. Like it, it seems to be a decent amount of credibility to this. They say, uh, let's see. May feature some form of co-op. Customization is said to be around the different tribes established in the Horizon franchise. Um, however, we have not been able to verify either that or the details on whether or not the online would feature any sort of co-op or PvP. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The, the obvious parallel to me is that you could make a pretty cool Monster Hunter style game with giant robot dinosaurs. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. That is is the first thing that I would think of there. Although that's like a weird. That's a weird swerve from the like singular power fantasy of the horizon games where you're one human being taking down these like giant T-Rexes and stuff, you'd also, whatever, (laughs) that's easily explained away by saying like, Hey, Aloy is a cut above. Yeah. Oh yeah. Randos, the Randos you're playing in this co-op game need to work together. You're just some guys here to, to pull off the shit that she does by herself.
0: I I think the the, probably the bigger problem would be making sure the weapon variety and class quote-unquote variety is there in something where it just kind of isn't there for Aloy. You know, you have your sling blast. Like, are you just going to have a a slingshot class that can't use the other weapons, you know? Or, uh, you know, uh, hey, this is the... You'd have to kind of specialize.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind that stuff being broken out and kind of honed a little better because I feel like Forbidden West is just overstuffed with... A little bit. Dude, holy shit. Triple like all the blaster. weapon not not even just weapon types, but all of the techniques and stuff and abilities that you can unlock on top of those. Yeah. Like it's just kind of a lot. Like if they split those up between classes <laughs> that might be a little more focused,
0: more manageable.
1: Um, I don't know, that's an idea with some potential.
0: I could see it. I, I could also see this happening in a post, you know, Bungie acquired world wh- where Sony wants to get out there and leverage some of that knowledge to get online and do live service yeah. stuff. And
1: yeah. and yeah, and it's a way to kind of milk the horizon IP more frequently than once every five years.
0: Yeah, they don't they don't get out there. I mean, Sony had uncharted online stuff
1: and oh boy, did they.
0: Was there last of us multiplayer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Last of us factions was kind factions. Of, that's I don't know it how I don't know what kind of numbers it did, but like the people that liked it really liked it. <laughs> that's the I thing. Mean, it like, was good. was yeah, the it was thing. Neat. It was neat. And purportedly, you know, that's like kind of or actually, I mean, they've said it. Naughty Dog has said, hey, we're working on a multiplayer project.
0: Uh, so yeah, it has to be that they don't have they don't have a lot of. um th- With their marquee titles, you know, big online presence so aside Mm -hmm. from the multiplayer mode so yeah it'd be interesting to see them dip their toe into that i guess oh boy man the company's on this news list this week brad let's talk about cd project and Mm. um what do you want to talk about well they they kind of what's going down they kind of got out there and did this big old flexing corporate you know hey the state hey what do you want to know about cd projects here's seven things that we've got Half yes. of them half of
1: them are the Witcher, the other half are Cyberpunk. It's been a bumpy couple of years for CD Projekt. Yeah. You know, if they're if they're on the upswing, I don't really blame them for getting out there and saying it.
2: I'll I'll say right now, it seems like they are on the upswing. People, oh, they definitely
1: are. Like Cyberpunk has been doing fucking gangbusters numbers on Steam. I don't know if you've seen since
2: I have not. It's so much this. so that it has almost got me thinking about trying to play that game again.
1: Yeah, like I might when I finally build a new PC, I might finally go check that game out. Now that it seems I never like got that far
2: into it, so like solid. it's, it's kind of all new to me.
1: Um, gosh, I should pull that up. Like it hit some fucking ridiculous Steam benchmark. Uh, like I think they hit a million concurrent players or something. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Oh, it was a million in one day. It was not concurrent all at one time, but
2: okay. that's still a lot.
1: They're putting up ridiculous numbers since they have quote-unquote fixed that game.
2: And the PS5 update is out there, like the next-gen update, I think, so...
1: Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot the, that Netflix animated series also came out, which is yes. also really propelling it as well. It seemed well,
2: relatively well-regarded,
0: that that yes, series. Yes, That must be so. part of um, their flywheel uh, method here that they uh-huh. are... Uh, yeah, what's going oh, on here? The spinning up the franchise flywheel... Uh-huh. video games to tv and film to mobile games to books and comics to partnership and merchandise Oh, uh, cross-media strategy yeah so brad let's let's dive into the game stuff and there's there's six codenamed projects they have going on
1: uh well so they've announced a whole new trilogy of witcher games mm-hmm. they've announced not only the expansion to cyber pro- uh, cyberpunk but also a cyberpunk sequel
0: so we have project Polaris, which is their new Witcher trilogy. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to find these. Okay. Then it's the cyberpunk is that project origin. Orion. Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Orion. That's the new, that's the new cyberpunk.
1: Yes. which okay. I don't know if they had said they were making a full sequel yet or not.
2: Uh, and that's I mean, by... why would you until now? Because yeah. that was there was not enough momentum there up until recently. Yeah. Uh, I think.
1: Also, I think they said that entire Witcher trilogy will release in the space of six years.
0: Good luck. Which seems somewhat
1: ambitious, but. Uh,
0: And then, there they've got Project Sirius, which is uh, more Witcher stuff, but by the Molasses Flood. Do you guys know who the Molasses Flood is? I don't. I've heard heard that name.
1: I do not know. I, I mainly had paid attention to the stuff they were doing themselves here. Uh, Set in the Witcher universe, targets a broader audience, <laughs> provides both single player and multiplayer. I don't know what to make of that. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, Blast's Flood is the studio that did the Flame in the Flood.
0: That is what I just saw. Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting choice. Okay. okay.
1: That might be a smaller scope sort of thing then. Um, potentially. And then, the, well,
0: oh, then there's Project Canis Majoris. Mm-hmm. Which is a full-fledged release set in the Witcher universe to be developed by an external studio under the supervision of experienced developers who have previously worked on Witcher games. Hmm. Uh, they're going to use uh, UE five and the same tools they are using for their Witcher trilogy. They say,
1: "Yeah, I want to say I think the whole studio has moved to Unreal at this point." Uh, uh, post post Cyberpunk, yeah, uh, another one. When they've got like kind of, I guess the big new thing here is that in addition to all of that, they are also now incubating their next full franchise which is the first thing they will have conceived entirely under their roof
0: what's that codename project hadar <laughs> sure
1: h-a-d-h-a-d-a-r i don't yeah. think there are any details at all about what that will be but again you know which and cyberpunk both both based on existing properties
0: so really so they are is, yeah it's a cyberpunk witcher and hadar future
1: yeah yeah Hold lot of RPGs. They said that Hadar will also be an RPG. It's Believe it do. or not.
2: That's what they know how so, to make.
1: Yeah, so CD Project really seems to have turned it around pretty quickly after the Cyberpunk boom Uh
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of this is, again, showing off of, of what they can do and try and reinstill some confidence in investors and people yeah. in the marketplace to say, we are strong. We're, we are I, strong! I mean, in, we're, in addition to this, they went through their whole... Um, uh cycle of you know they've got like i said they i didn't make up the flywheel thing this is their like powerpoint presentation of ips based off of their ips you know or or or, or products based off of like you said they have the animated stuff going on they have you know books a bunch of other stuff merchandise they are trying to spin up this stuff uh get the flywheel moving with enough momentum so that it's other things can spin off of it it's a flywheel Flywheels are those giant stone discs that, once you get the momentum going, kind of keep going for a while. Like uh, they, they're you know they're spinning. Oh, okay. In like a thing. Uh, Ah, yes, of course. Or not stone, but heavy discs. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, of course, it uses conservation of angular momentum to store rotational energy.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, And so, yeah, once they get that baby moving. With a uh, good enough it's momentum awesome. on the Witcher flywheel,
1: get the flywheel going, games just start flying out. These Gwent
0: cards just shoot themselves right out of there, flying everywhere. D- they were not okay. Wait, maybe I'm totally wrong on this. I'll just ask okay. it as a question: What is CD Projekt's involvement in the Witcher live action series?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: Are they part of that licensing, or is that There's any involvement? Okay. There? I'm not
2: sure they do have any actual like stake in that thing. I wonder okay. that
1: I. I, I, I could be wrong. I, I was under the impression they had licensed that directly from the author.
2: Okay. I think so. And the author was at last check not on the best terms with CD Projekt Red, I, th- I don't think.
1: I thought they eventually
0: reached some kind of agreement, but he seemed pretty salty about the thing I always got was yeah. he seemed a little salty about A, the deal, B, that the games were maybe more popular than his original work.
1: Yeah, he was, I'm, I'm I'm following up, this was like three years ago, he was like demanding millions in royalties that he claimed he was owed. Yeah. And they finally came to terms and signed a new agreement.
0: So I wonder, yeah, I wonder, I mean, listen, a Witcher, a Witcher TV series, no matter who is a part of it, benefits the games. Yes, you know, yeah.
1: in direct- I, definitely. I think, I think that TV series is directly based on his books. I think honest. that's I true. Mean, clearly they are taking a lot of aesthetic inspiration from the games. <laughs> yes. Uh, I kind of fell off of that. I enjoyed the first season well enough, but never got back to it. Did you ever finish the games? No. Pretty good. I got Pretty I got games. about fifty. I put about fifty hours into Witcher three and kind of burned out in Novigrad somewhere.
0: I'm curious what they'll do with the next uh, a new Witcher trilogy. Like, I don't think it's gonna be Geralt.
1: No, I think they've said that. Oh, did I, they say I they're think moving they flat on? Out said it will not be. You know, it's okay. time. It's time.
0: It's time. All right. Um, it's time. Is it, also,
1: is it also time for a Need for Speed?
0: Is it time for a Need but, for Speed? But anime? Is it time for an anime Need for Speed? I Seems don't know like that's what
1: they're doing. This
0: is a, this is out of a leak of screenshots. Are these leaks anymore, or are these just? Um, are these just subtle played um,
1: releases? This was like a slip up from a retailer.
0: Oh, one of those, huh? So mm-hmm. that's more of a
1: that's more of a back end error or something, or human error than it is an intentional leak.
0: Japanese retailer Neo Wing.
1: God, it's still up. <laughs> wow. You can still go to the neowing.co.jp product listing with a price on it and everything and still see these screenshots for NFS Unbound is how they're styling the logo. Need mm-hmm. for Speed Unbound. So this looks is like anime.
0: It's got a very an anime looking flat shaded uh, look to it.
1: Also, ASAP Rocky is in it, apparently.
2: Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure? I mean, look, like, that's that's a decision you probably made three years ago.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like the extent that of our commentary on this is like, boy, this is weird. Uh, I just, I don't have it in me to keep up with the like mess of need for speeds development anymore.
0: There is a blurb here from the listing that says bringing graffiti to life in a completely new visual style, merging the latest street art with the most realistic cars in need for speed history, go to meetups and show off your style with many items, including limited edition gear from the world's latest fashion. Then add the finishing touches to your card style, transforming it with unique wraps and cut-out items to match your legendary custom car and take the lead in races and put your winning pose above the competition. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Need for Speed, modern Need for Speed. Sure. I mean, that's the thing. What is
2: modern Need for Speed?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was getting at. Like, the last, like, at least three games have landed, like, with a thud. Like, there's there's no no real identity there. Right. Well, I mean, I would even say that with the developers. Like, I don't know what Criterion is at this point. And, like, I think Ghost Games no longer exists, right? Wasn't that folded back into the Criterion name?
2: I believe that's the order that went in, yeah.
1: Um, and now they've got Codemasters under the EA roof. And I guess I didn't even realize this. Codemasters Cheshire is te- technically now <laughs> part of the Criterion org chart. Sure. As well. So, like... Who's making need for speed and what it is is so hard to follow at this point and the last several attempts have been so limp that it's just I don't know man <laughs> change my mind, I guess like they had they had teased that they were going to reveal the new need for speed game already mm. so it seems like a listing just went up early potentially maybe they'll have some more to say about it that sounds interesting. I don't know stay it's tuned. A-
0: is this, is this still something in this article says, um, EA made no announcement about the next nature for speed title other than telling investors one was coming by the end of 2022. You think that still holds up?
1: Uh, I mean, this listing says a release date in December,
0: man. Don't uh,
1: they always. Also, also actually probably by the time nearly everybody hears this podcast, Something's that announcement happened. will have gone out because sure. it's at 11 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. All right. So, but this is probably real.
0: Need for speed unbound, possibly. Mm-hmm. You oh, heard it here first. Probably right. real. Sure. Uh, speaking of things that are supposed to be happening as of the time of this recording,
1: tomorrow, mm. what's up with Mario? I think you know.
2: People have been asking that question for
1: years, man. What's up with Mario? I think you know.
0: Is Mario coming to the big screen again? Is, oh, Mario, yes. is Mario
2: animated? Re-debuting.
1: They're 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 putting out a trailer Thursday for that Mario movie.
2: And they put out a poster for it.
1: And they put out a poster. And, like, poster look, the poster style is kind of neat. Hey, it's colorful. You can see, like, you can see the looks denim, all
0: right. denim on his pants. I like the,
1: I like, like realistic-looking grass on everything. Like, it mm. kind of just looks like the Mushroom Kingdom from a recent 3D Mario, except <laughs> the grass looks kind of more realistic in a weird way.
2: Now, the thing they don't show, though... Yes. Is Mario's face.
1: Yeah. Like right before we recorded this morning, seemingly the look of Mario's face leaked from a McDonald's flyer.
2: What? Really?
0: Yes.
1: On the discord server.
0: Oh, what did that look like? Did it look different than Mario?
2: Okay. Uh, How do I describe this in, in words as opposed to just putting it in front of you and saying, does this look right? Um, <laughs> is this a Sonic situation? Not exactly. No. I mean, they,
1: they made that they did make the eyes different. Here's, here's very, what it is. In a very ugly Sonic-esque fashion, they did sort of reduce the size of his cartoonish eyes in a way that makes him look kind of uncanny.
2: They, they reduced the size of the eyes a little bit. They widened the face in a sort of Joe shishido like way. Uh, and the problem is, in this comparison image that I'm looking at, it's faded because it's a picture of a flyer and not like the bright-colored you know art assets you normally see for Mario. Uh-huh. So the color looks a little off, but I think that might just be the flyer. It doesn't look that different. But when I look at it, I'm like one of those chimpanzees you show an artificial person to and they start pointing and screaming because it doesn't look right. <laughs> I, no. I, I just looked it
0: up. And not, is it with not, is the fist pumped in the air? Yeah. Yes. Okay. This looks like a person in a Mario suit. This looks like a head on top of a real human.
1: My first reaction when I saw this was it's Mario, but he kind of looks maybe just a tiny bit like Chris Pratt.
2: (laughs) They ran the Praterizer over him.
1: That's kind of, I don't know if it's just me.
0: It looks like a, it looks like a, you'd go to a theme park and this is the person you'd see.
1: Yes. Walking
2: around.
0: That's what it looks
2: like. This is Mario walking around Times Square. Yeah, This is the yes. one who accosts you for a photo and then gets really mad when you don't pay for it. Yeah.
0: Like there's also something a little more, with. I think even the proportions on the arms look weird. Uh, like the Everything's whole Everything's a little that, wider. It's all just a little wider. Yeah. Yeah. I they widened know. him by 10%. If only we had some reference mario art we could have used over the years mm,
1: if only uh, i
2: i think that it's actually going to be fine in motion it's just that everyone is like picking this thing apart for every little detail they can i'm doing it too i'm not, I'm not But everybody knows what
0: mario looks like
2: yeah it's
0: not like you could sneak a mario through
2: but what mario has looked like has evolved over the years
1: well yeah. that was the old mario
2: yeah we were we new order it. is rising <laughs> old mario dead this new mario <laughs>
0: uh i'm curious Um, to see what the okay in the trailer we the movie trailer we get during the direct do you think it is a final shot reveal of mario's face and voice no i think he's he's all all over that trailer you do okay i was gonna think maybe we get everybody but mario until the end and it's no, no no
2: no you can't do that like you gotta you gotta sell right from the from the jump what do you guys think about the
0: this is our last chance this is our last yeah, chance. last guess on the voice what yeah the I voice know, is man. he doing is he doing like an italian-american
2: i think yes you think yes i think he just skips it i think it is this weird un- ungainly halfway point between him doing the the half italian thing and him doing the captain Lula bano thing Okay, so maybe he just has a New York accent. It's like a New York Italian, hey, you know, but like uh, with a oh. little bit more of the up and down of the of the actual Italian accent. My kids
0: asked me if Mario was a bad stereotype. <laughs> My is he? children asked me, Well, is he an Amer- is he an Italian American stereotype? And I said, Yeah, he pretty much is a is a pretty rough Italian American stereotype. And so I would think if Chris Pratt is out there doing a doing a Captain Lou Albano. I don't know, man. I don't know if that's a thing you want to see if Chris Pratt just, doing.
2: Okay, here's the... Okay, is that less or more jarring than Chris Pratt just talking normal out of <laughs> Mario's th- mouth?
1: Oh, you mean like the like the like doing the Lego movie? Yeah, yeah pretty much.
2: I, th- I think he can get away with it. If he just sounds like white guy, is that <laughs> going to
1: do it for you? I mean, he's I, definitely got a good generic... Protagonist in an animated movie voice, but like they've, they've talked this up too much, like it's going to be more than that.
2: And, and Mario <laughs> can't be that. I'm sorry, like it's yeah. just not, it, there's too many years of I, built up history there. I don't,
1: I don't know what Mario can be because we've had too many years of Charles Martinet. Yeah. I know. And also, not only that, but Mario only talks in combat barks. Like Mario yeah. only talks in gameplay barks, not full sentences. Like
0: the, and he just <laughs> says, Mamma Mia. That's the closest that it. he
1: comes to a grammatically complete sentence is, It's a me, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> like otherwise, he's supposed to just like drop little catchphrases. <laughs> like he's, Mario should not have dialogue. I don't know.
0: Maybe he won't actually talk. Maybe Mario will have lost his voice for this entire movie, and that's that's that is the uh, propulsion that this movie needs to go forward. And he doesn't get it until the very end. Maybe that's that's what we're gonna do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very curious. It's I'm more curious about what he sounds like than what he looks
2: like. I just. I just, I can't think, I, I can't imagine a voice that will actually satisfy anyone. I think they may have yeah. backed themselves into an impossible corner here. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. nobody cares what Luigi sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound like Charlie Day, and that's fine, because, you know what, Charlie Day can sound like anything. Yeah, but he's not going to do an accent, probably. He could
1: just sound like Charlie Day, right? He's not going to yeah. try and do, like, Like, a, he'll do
2: a slightly more high-pitched, like, fearful version of the Charlie Day voice.
1: Oh, I didn't even consider that we might get like all of those celebrity voices in this oh we're gonna hear keegan michael key's toad i'm telling
2: you right now oh man
1: okay now i'm getting excited Uh,
0: i think it's just i think it's pure pratt with a with a new york i don't think you go anywhere near the like mama mia stuff with an accent i think i think you just do brooklyn
2: i think you just do brooklyn i think you are underestimating
0: I think it's a lot of, hey, Luigi, what's going on? And it's less of like, you know, the full on Charles Martinet, like, Luigi, we got to go save the princess. No way. You don't go near that with, you cannot, he cannot, you know, why can't you do it? I think, I think it's, I think that's offensive. I think if, if he were, if Mario were an Asian character and you're like, Chris Pratt's going to go do this, uh, he's going to go do this Asian character. He would not touch that. I'm telling
2: you.
1: I think it's. I think it's a little I, weird. I, th-
2: I think you are underestimating the fact that it is actually <laughs> impossible verse. to be racist to Italians.
1: <laughs> I'd, I would be shocked if they did that.
2: I would be. I would be surprised if they did that. You can always do an Italian accent. It's never racist. You could. You well. It's never racist. Mm, it
0: is up there with the French and German and the European mush of accents that are mostly fair game. Yeah, but. I would not want to hear him doing a French character or a German character either. Especially, it's not just that. Like the Italian, uh, the Americanized version of those accents,
2: the spaghetti restaurant fucking <laughs> chef. Yes, I know yes. what you mean.
0: Yes, that that is the. It's it's either that, and in the French, it would be you know like the Pepe Le Pew, mm-hmm. or you know like you know uh, I don't know what the German equivalent is. I'm sure somebody could fill it. It's those. It's the cartoon
2: version Colonel of it. Kurtz. You know, like yeah, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, I don't think 2022 needs that to go on a big screen. I think we're past that. Give me Pratt.
1: All will be revealed.
0: Oh, man. Very excited. Very excited.
2: <sighs> would you see this movie in a the theater? I would. I haven't been to a movie theater in a very long time, my friend. It's time to go back, Jack. I don't know if that's the one that's going to be to bring me back. This is, that. This is that. Is it, who's uh
0: who's who's putting this out do we remember
2: it's uh, illumination right is this is the animation oh, studio that, okay i forget yeah, which I mean, studio is distributing it but
1: well they launched nintendo pictures off the back of this remember
2: yeah but they're still partnering with an actual film studio aren't they yeah, yeah it's illumination on the poster okay
1: yeah All they're right. just the they're just the animation studio right
2: they are an animation studio yes
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure which some some studio probably has to be handling uh, distribution and so forth.
0: I'm curious. I'm curious. All right. That's going to do it. We'll find out by the time you hear this. You might know. And uh, all very, very possible.
2: Very, very
1: possible. Just just, since we're talking about distributed by Universal. Okay, that's who I thought it was, but I wasn't sure.
0: We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be streaming tomorrow when that happens. I think we're gonna try and uh, uh, f- watch it live during our stream. Have a little, we little might, break. We might cut yeah. into at watch least the trailer. This.
2: Yeah, as it as it happens. So, oh, I want to see this fucking trailer, man. I'm ready. So do I.
0: So do I. So do I. Um, Brad, you've never seen the uh, uh, Bob Hoskins movie, right? Oh. Nope. Great, fantastic. That's
2: Mario's voice. I think see, whatever. What? When is that movie coming out? February. The Mario uh, one? April. April. All right. I'm calling it right now. April Watchcast video game movies. Mm. Bob Hoskins was English, and he just did a New York accent in it, and it worked. Mm. It well, worked yeah. just fine. Bob Hoskins, of all British actors, maybe had the greatest command of regional American accents.
1: <laughs> I mean, the man was an accomplished thespian.
2: Yeah. yeah. But
0: he didn't go on. He didn't do, like, the uh, uh, you know Italian-American cartoon version. He just did, like, Brooklyn. Well, they were very Brooklyn in that movie. They were going oh, they were, for the Brooklyn thing. They were, maybe it was offensive to people from Brooklyn. I don't know. That was, that was, it was very heavy. Yeah. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for this week's podcast. Tune in tomorrow on Thursday if you want to see us uh, doing our grab bag stream and try and break in to see what happens with this Nintendo Direct reveal for the trailer. Uh, we talked about for game-wise, we got Overwatch 2, Grounded, The Finals, and Moonbreaker. Again, if you have been watching or watching along with the Watchcast, up next is Prince, Prince of, of Darkness, Darkness uh, in the Carpenter uh, Apocalypse trilogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget about The Thing, a fantastic movie. If you want to go check that out, you can catch the Watchcast over on wherever you're listening to this feed, whether it's over on the Patreon or just in your RSS I don't know, user app of mm-hmm. choice. It's feeder, out there. You can find aggregator it. of choice. We do have a Patreon and that's where some of these feeds can be found. There is a Patreon feed. You get fun things like never been a better podcast, which should be coming out at the end of this week with Dan Reichert, Abby Russell, Austin Walker, Jeff Bacalar uh, joining in on that one. I am currently editing through that mess of people talking over each other. It was so a mess. Uh, That'll be up on Friday. We got the planorama coming out this week. Um, All of these things can be found at nextlander.com or or on patreon.com slash nextlander. Bunch of tiers there. Bunch of goodies in those tiers. Find a tier that is right for you. We cannot do this without you. There is a tier there called the Mysterious Benefactor tier. And one of the goodies they have is they get their names read on this here podcast. And I am going to read those. Right now, here are your Mysterious Benefactors for this week, starting with Farm RPG, John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's Giant Booga boogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Ryan Lussier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, hashtag bunny mimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Stetics, Andrew Jackson, Gabriel Knight, and the mystery of the Razgri Gri, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Teebkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Those are the Mysterious Benefactors for this week. Thank you very much to those Mysterious Benefactors, and thank you very much to all of our amazing patrons, all of the amazing people that join us on Twitch every week. All of the amazing people that listen to this podcast and the 17 other podcasts that go out on a weekly basis from NextLander Studios. And of course, thanks to the mods and the people that support our community on all those different platforms. We appreciate it. We will join you in a post Chris
2: Pratt doing Mario voice world
0: in the near future.
2: It is the demarcation line for the generation we grew up in and the next generation that will inherit the earth
1: i wake up on Friday to a very different world
2: uh-huh. Uh huh Join us
0: uh, for that again tomorrow And then Friday for some more Gabriel Knight for some more Voodoo uh, We'll find out that finally What Cabris Encore really means Possibly on Friday Thank you Brad Thank you Alex See everybody very soon
2: Bye Bye